What up, guys? This is Jimmy Barnett here with Tech Talk, and today I have Bam Bam Lee. Um, so today, guys, um, we're going to be covering Bam Bam's journey. He's uh, lost a lot of weight, got started in jiu-jitsu, got started. Actually, I think he, I will let him tell a story, but I, I believe he uh, got started with his weight loss first. Then joined jiu-jitsu to supplement his uh, weight loss and ended up changing all of his training to supplement his jiu-jitsu. I'm not a, quite sure. I'm going to let him tell a story. But first and foremost, why did you want to make that change? Uh, the life change, just losing weight. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, well... <laughs> start with uh, one of my best friends and first off like you you don't get big overnight like it's a it took a minute i was over 300 pounds and i had one of my best friends he was about the same weight as me and he actually went to a doctor and didn't like what they told him so he called me up that day he's like hey we're going to a gym tonight and that's what started so we started the gym going five nights a week and gradually start losing weight, start feeling better, uh, more energy. Uh, he kind of started doing his own thing. He still was working out, but not all five nights with me. And I got started enough to where I wanted to keep going. So then uh, after, I don't know, maybe a year into it, eight months to a year, had another friend, hey, let's go try out jiu-jitsu. By this point, I was down to about 230, 240. This is, uh, so this was a different friend. Different friend. And he's like, hey, let's try this out. And I'm like, no, okay. Like, I, there's always a friend getting me started, like, to push me through that door. But once he got me through the door and I started jiu-jitsu, it was just, like you said, it was supplementing my... Uh, Weightlifting, just something for extra cardio, extra workout, something different. And the more I learned and more got into it, I'm like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> so my weightlifting started supplementing my jiu-jitsu. Like, how's this going to help me with my jiu-jitsu? And, uh, like, all through this journey, too, is me, ex like, researching, trying different things, different exercises, what worked for me, uh, different uh, supplements like protein, uh, fish oil stuff like that different diets like I started when I first started weightlifting I was counting calories it was just straight chicken straight turkey no red meat you know just more vegetables and fruit so, so how hard was it for your um, the initial change like the very beginning you were over 300 pounds and you decided, like, your friend was like, um, I don't like what the doctor's saying. I got to change my life or I got to change something. Right. And did you go just for moral support or did you want to change too? And how hard was it sticking to a new routine and building new habits? And So building new habits was hard, but I didn't go just for moral support. Like, he, it was, uh, we were going to push each other because we both were 300 plus. And uh, 
he was going to start this journey, and he wanted, he was trying to look out for me, like, hey, do this with me. And I'm like, okay, well, we'll both be there. We'll motivate each other. And we started it together, and uh, we both did research and bounce, bounce things off of each other, you know, like, well, food, counting calories. Hey, I found this app to help track calories, stuff like that. Did you uh, find any, like, professional help, or did y'all just do everything yourselves? Uh, no, technically no professional help. We had friends that have always, like, been in shape or play sports, or they've done, like, they've never quit weightlifting from the time they started in high school. Right. So we would ask them for advice, but, like, actual paid professionals and stuff, like people, like, trainers and stuff, nothing like that. I got you. Um, so back to the original, like you, you decide y'all decided to do this, and y'all started bouncing things off each other. Um, how hard was it to stay committed, and um, like how long did he stay committed? Is he still committed? Uh, did he kind of fall off, and you just stick with it? Like what? What all happened? Walk us through that. Okay, so. Uh it was hard, new habit, new routine, but because we started together, we pushed each other, and like, man, I don't feel like it, not like, no, your ass is going, like, let's go, we'll, we'll, you know, today's the last day of the week for a workout, we'll knock it out today, and we got two days off, so having someone there as a support definitely helped me, so if you did it, like someone did it by themselves, if they don't have a strong mindset, it would be harder. But the fact that I had someone that started with me made it easier. Now, don't get me wrong. It was still fucking hard. Because, like, I had my lifestyle for so many years. And here I am trying to change it. Right. And uh, you asked, like, did he stick with it? He stuck with it a little bit. Started training more at his house and doing his own thing. And then he fell off of it. I stuck with it because I got to a point where I didn't want to. I knew that the moment I stopped, I would go back to who I was. And I didn't want to get back that big again or anything like that. Like, I told you I was 300 plus. Right now, I'm, I gained a little bit of weight. I had got down to about 170. Right now, I'm walking around 185. And you look good. You're but, strong. Yeah, but I feel, like, I feel good. Like, the best weight, like, training jiu-jitsu-wise, like, competitions and stuff, 170 felt great. My, my goal probably, I want to walk around probably about 175, 180. So, I mean, I feel good right now, though. Uh, but he'll go through spurts. Uh, to where he'll exercise and he'll take a little bit of time off. Like he does enough to maintain. Like, but he's happy where he's at. Like he did he he lose weight? He did. Yeah, he got down. Like right now, he's walking around the low two hundreds. Like I would say two twenty, two thirty, maybe. Oh, nice. But he like he's one of those two where he was an athlete in high school, so we had different body shapes. So for him at that weight, he looks good. Yeah. Yeah. Like if he got to the weight I am now, he would look sickly. Right. So, like, for him, like, he, he's at a good weight. Yeah. And he'll transition. Like, he does, like, he'll work out some. He'll transition off, then he'll go back to it. But with his body type, it's not as drastic. Like, if I knew, if I took time off, like, I think the change would be more drastic for me if I did that. So, I know I have to stay on top of it. You've been consistent for how long now? Who? I probably started this. What's this? It's like, 2020. Yeah. Good Lord, I hate this year. Yeah. It's going to wonder what we're going to get thrown next. Bro, I'm just, I'm going to look both ways, crossing the street and get hit by a helicopter. <laughs> I'm, waiting, <laughs> I'm waiting for him to discover like a, a megalodon or something in the ocean. 
uh, <laughs> uh, probably f- uh, ballpark, four to five years. Probably about the same time, like I start growing my beard out. We'll we'll round up. We'll, we'll just say five years. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm good with that. I'll, I'm thirty. I turned thirty three this year. I was in my late twenties, so we'll say five years. All right. So starting on the, I guess the, staying on the getting started. Oh. Probably four years because I've been training jiu-jitsu about three, and I had started working out for a year before, so probably four is closer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because you've been with me for three years. Yes, yeah. and I was I had started weights probably about a year before that, so four years probably closer. Okay, so a little over four years. Yes. And your coach Bam Bam to us, so <laughs> you're the man here, sir. Um, so yeah, that. Before we get too far into how you got into jiu-jitsu and how you started switching your training and stuff, what would you tell the person sitting on the couch that thinks it's too hard or like, like knowing how hard it was for you to get motivated and what something clicked inside of you that made you want to change? And what would you tell that person to, that's struggling with weight and trying to make that change like? Well, what would be advice from your experience to get okay. them on the right path? All right. So a few things. Uh, first, if you have someone that would motivate you, like that will be a big help. But not everyone has that sounding board or that, that person in their life or persons, people. So I get it. First thing is just get off the couch. Get off the fucking couch. Like it is hard. It, once you get into a certain lifestyle – and you're trying to change your life, you're changing a lifestyle and trying to create new habits. It's going to be fucking hard, but the reward is so great. And your weight will fluctuate. That's fine. It's a given. It, it, you, overall, you're moving in the right direction. So like when I first start, started my journey, it was an average of about 10 pounds a month, just then That's I hit, a good average. Yeah. Then I plateaued, and I'm like, fuck, plateaued. Just kept pushing through, and then I lost like another 30, 40 pounds, plateaued again. And uh, like you're going to plateau, or there might be a week where you just have a bad week and you gain four or five pounds. That, it's okay. Just keep at it. Like you just got to keep at it and keep working. And like all these drastic uh, diet fads, I call them fads. But all these diets, so first off, what works for one person will not work for someone else. You have to find what works for you. But you also have to be realistic. So when I first started counting calories and chicken and turkey, it was fine because I was just getting into it. I was doing enough to where I felt it and I was sore and I was so big like I was seeing changes. It didn't take much because I was going from a sedentary lifestyle to doing something but at a certain point, like when I was adding jiu-jitsu in and I continued weightlifting, uh, your body can't keep up. You have to feed it. So you, you, I had to up my calorie intake, which, again, like you feel like you're taking a step back because now you're eating more than what you had just trained yourself to do, like dieting. But you have to feed your body. Like you're still seeing results because you're so active at that point. You or needed I'll, energy. Needed energy. Like I felt like I was just giving out halfway throughout the day. So – like these fads, whatever, certain diets, like, I'm just going to cut in like 500 calories a day. Like, be, like, is that maintainable? Like, I mean, be realistic. 
Now, if you want to switch to a vegetarian, you know, that's cool. That's still realistic. You can get your protein somewhere else. That's a realistic diet. That's a realistic. realistic. Personally, I'm not a vegetarian. I like, my, I like meat. <laughs> I'm just saying, be realistic about your change. Like, you just cut out something completely. Like, can you maintain that lifestyle? Like, your body needs certain nutrients and minerals. Like, you just can't cut out everything and cut all that weight. And like, oh, I'm good. Now you start eating all that shit again. You're going to just gain all that weight back. But also, so someone got on me for using this phrase. I, I don't care. I'm like, you reward yourself. They're like, you're not a fucking dog. You don't reward yourself. I'm like, I see it as a reward. Like, you don't have to cut all the good stuff out of your life. <laughs> Who told you that? It was a coworker. It, it was a close coworker, like just bullshit with me. It wasn't, uh, <laughs> it wasn't a joy thief, which we can talk about that. Yeah, we need to. We need uh, to talk I'll about mention that. that. Like you asked me, someone getting off the couch, you can indulge, but like, cut, like it's smart choices. Like I had a good week. You know, I worked out. Let's say starting out, I worked out four days that week. I hit like a max uh, weight on a bench or something. Like you know what? I'm getting me that small blizzard. It's a small, didn't get large, got a small. Like, I'm going, that's my reward. I feel good. I'm doing good. Like, you, it's the small things. So it's everything in moderation and just making them small choices. Like, if I went and got takeout, instead of getting french fries, if they offered broccoli as a side, give me the broccoli. It's still takeout, but, <laughs> still takeout, but you're making a better choice than french fries if they had sweet potato fries even sweet potato fries better than your french fries i don't know man <laughs> i'm just saying you make smart choices i understand yeah so uh <clears throat> something that you said that really uh, hit home with me is do something yes so uh i had a fr- it's a friend of mine i went to school with him he graduated a year behind me uh it was like two days ago and he said i don't know what happened i don't know how i got this big and um, that was word for word what he said. He said, I don't know how I got this big. And I said, well, it didn't happen overnight. Yeah, it's, it's over time. It's, it's choices over time, right? And something that you, you said was like, do something. And here's what I told him. Um, I hate when people compare their bodies to a car. Like, oh, you put fuel in, uh, what you get in, what you put in your car, you kind of get out of your car. Like, you, you're not going to run your car without any gas. So... When you started doing a lot more athletically and stuff, you needed more gas in your car, yeah. you know? Um, and you, if you go to the racetrack, you don't want to be ru- ru- running on low octane. You want to you want a, a hot fuel, you know, like a, a higher uh, explosion. You want it to run a little bit hotter or whatever, and you want better air and all this other crap. Anyway, the point is, is what you put into your body, you're going to get out of it. And, uh, but basically what I told him, I said, what are you doing now? He said, nothing. I said, okay, um, how far is your mailbox from the house? And he said, oh, I got a long driveway. I said, how do you check your mail? He said, uh, well, I, I get on a golf cart. I said, start walking to your mailbox. Right. I said, uh, drink water. Everybody's going to tell you to drink water. Here, but, and they don't ex- tell you why you drink water. And you majority of your body is made up of water. And if you're not drinking a lot of water, you tend to retain more water. You tend to retain it. 
if you flood your body with water, your body says, hey, we got to get rid of all this water. Well, also, your bladder can't hold that much. Right. <laughs> You're going to go to the bathroom a lot more. But we cutting weight for fights, we used mm-hmm. to do what we call a water diet. And um, you basically drink two gallons on Sunday, two gallons on Monday, two gallons on Tuesday, uh, a gallon on Wednesday, and a bottle on Thursday. And then you don't, after lunch on Thursday, you don't drink any more water. And your body will literally dehydrate itself. Like, uh, I, I, and you, we usually use distilled water for that. How, how much, like drinking that much water, how much weight did you gain? While I was drinking it? Yeah. None. I mean, that's a lot of water. I feel your like. body goes into flush mode. Yeah. And it, it, you literally pee like every 15 minutes, like a lot. And, um, but it's literally, you, it, your body says, hey, he's going to keep giving us water and we don't need all this water. Get rid right. of it. It'll literally dehydrate you. Just doing that. Like you, no sauna or nothing. Just doing that will dehydrate you. But what I tell people is you need to drink a gallon of water a day, roughly a gallon of water. Some people's like, I can't do that. I'm like, it's how you're drinking it. Um, I used to be one of those people, like I walk around 138 pounds. I'm like, I can't drink a gallon of water. Well, if you're taking these little small sips, like your body says that's enough water and it tells you to stop drinking it. But if you take these big gulps, you can drink an entire bottle of water and you'll feel a little sloshy in your stomach, but you can drink it. And uh, make yourself drink water. And I told him, I said, start walking to the mailbox. Uh, drink a gallon of water a day. And eat every two hours. And he said, eat every two hours? That's crazy. And I said, no, you need to. I was like, I, I don't know you. I don't know your eating habits. But I bet you $1,000, you probably only eat once a day. And it's probably a really big meal before you go to bed. And he was like, yeah. And I said, most big people, that is their eating habit. They go through the whole day and they, 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 they don't get hungry or they're hungry, but they don't eat until that night. And then they grab a big ass plate of food and they eat it. They sit down and watch some TV and then they go to bed. Going to a food coma. Yeah. And um, he was like, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's what I do. And I said, I was like, well, you're teaching your body to store, store energy so that you'll have energy for the next day. How does your body store energy? As fat. So what you need to do is teach your body to use energy as you get it. So by switching and eating every two hours, you're going to gain a little bit of weight in the beginning. But after three weeks, your body's going to say, hey, he's going to keep giving us energy. We need to dump all this other crap. Right. And then you'll see a ton of weight loss. And I told him that this guy's almost 400 pounds. He's like 360, 370 pounds, something like that. And uh, I told him that. And like he messaged me the other day and he said, I feel like crap. And it's because he just started, just started. And I was like, you're going to. I said, but when your body realizes what you're doing, you're going to feel so good. And then you can add more. Right. So it's not a sprint. Like if you rush to lose all this weight, you can lose weight fast. Yes. But you're not going to maintain that weight. You're going to gain it right back. But if you build a healthy lifestyle around good choices, daily good choices, 
you're not going to gain the weight back. You may lose it a little slower than you did, than you would the other way. Mm-hmm. But by choosing better things daily, slowly, in three years, you're going to be way more healthy than you ever were. Yes, I agree with that. But I will also say this. Like, what works for one person will work for someone else. But the majority, yes, what you just said, I agree with. But uh, just throwing it out there. They did an interview with this guy. He was like a – he. it was a milestone. He was in his 90s, had just turned 100 or something. And they asked him, like, thinking like, oh, some secret to life. Like, what is your secret? What do you do? It was, I don't do nothing. I go to the pub every afternoon. I have a cigar every day, and I have a pint. And then I go to bed. <laughs> that, he didn't work out. He didn't go to the gym. Like, he had a cigar and a pint every day. But I guarantee you that guy did something, some kind of labor, some kind of something, his eating habits. Like, he probably has a very strict, like... I have no idea. They, they're, it wasn't the answer they were expecting, so they kind of cut the interview off, kind of <laughs> cut it short. Like, we can't tell people that. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Like, um... I know, like, I know guys that, that are 80 years old that still smoke and have smoked since they was like, seven. But that's what I'm... <laughs> still but, under dad's lucky strikes or something. Yeah. I, like, their dad was like, here, have this cigar. Be a man. You know? <laughs> Ride without your seatbelt. <laughs> but, uh, nah, like, but they, they all, all of these guys had, like, uh, they grew up with, like, meat, potatoes, yes. and, like, certain foods that they enjoyed eating and they lived healthy lives so i don't know what the secret is and like i said each person's different i can't gain weight to save my life like i have to eat more than your like if you ate what i eat you would be 300 and something pounds right easily see i'm one of those too like i don't want people like you like i look at food i just gained three pounds like i look at a piece of cheesecake there's three pounds just gained it by looking at it if I miss a meal, if I, I swear I'm 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 got, I'm one forty nine right now, and if I miss, which is actually good, like yeah, you, you want I've to gain weight, weight. Yeah. yeah, I've gained weight. I'm I'm trying to get to. I want to be one sixty five. We like we need to like meet in the middle. Yeah, I want to I want to be one sixty five, but like, if I miss a meal, I'm back down to one forty four. Just just one meal, I'm back to one forty four, and uh. I don't know why. I don't know why that is. You need to uh, get checked for worms. I'm not. I don't have worms. <laughs> I, I, you know, uh, my my uncle and them used to joke with me and tell me that I had worms, or like they used to do that. And I was like, well, I need to be checked. I might have like a tapeworm or something because I eat like five, six thousand calories of food a day, and I don't gain weight. If I miss a meal, I actually lose weight. I could probably go fast for a day and be be 135 pounds in one day. I almost guarantee it. So it, that I don't makes- understand, but I do burn hot though. Like my my metabolism, I get yeah. like my I'm, my body yeah. is always physically hot, and Taylor can vouch for that. See, I, my body, I put off heat. Well, if you took my temperature, like 97.9. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh. But I bet missing the meal, I bet that helps you when uh, it's time to cut weight for fights. Dude, I could cut. I could. Uh, I would, cutting weight sucks. 
Like cutting weight is the worst. If you lose weight, like you said, though. Yeah, but you you got to get to one twenty five from one forty eight. And why don't you just fight at one thirty five then? Oh, if I fought at one thirty five, I would be fighting a hundred and sixty pound man the day of the of the fight. Yeah, like I think it. I'm to the point that that is part of the reason I haven't fought in like two years. I see year two years. I haven't fought in two years, and that's part of the reason. Is I'm at an age and at a point in my life where I don't want to cut the weight, mm-hmm. and I don't want to fight somebody twice my size. I wish they would just do away with the weight cutting because weight cutting is a skill in itself. Well, I was gonna hadn't they come out with new like parameters for weight cutting because you talked about the water blowing up on water and dehydrate yourself. Hadn't they done like a new water test? So now they they test for IV. Like, people used to dehydrate themselves completely mm-hmm. and then get two IVs and have that weight back and be feeling... Like, you get... You go from not having any water in your body to getting a, a whole bag of, of saline. Like, you feel like freaking Superman. <laughs> like, I've done that. Like, I... I uh, my Actually, my last kickboxing match was like that. Uh, my first MMA fight was like that. And you feel great like dude I, I can't explain it and now they got these bags that have like n- nutrients other than just like the saline stuff like they yeah. they got like um they I, i'm don't quote me on this world but like they got like the same thing that bananas would give you like the potassium yeah. and like they have other additives in the saline bag that like it's like it's, it, I think it's cheating. Like um, now, um, I, I say it's cheating. Here's the thing: it's within the rules, right. so it's not really cheating. And I'm not even an authority on this. Like I haven't, I haven't fought. I haven't, it's been two years since I fought or whatever. But I, I hate it because it's like one of those. It's a necessary evil because if I don't play the game. I'm going to be fighting someone twice my size. Well, I remember that fight, that last one you had, and the guy missed weight anyway, and he was still bigger than you. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. So, it, like I said, you, and you have that a lot too. You'll have guys take a fight at a smaller weight, and then they'll show up, give up part of their purse, but then they get a win, and – they get to go to the UFC because they got this knockout win, but they don't tell the world, like, oh, I, well, I, I they missed, missed weight, weight by, by six pounds, seven pounds. Th- that dude, that dude missed weight by thirteen pounds, and then, uh, like he missed weight by thirteen pounds, and then like time of the fight or whatever, he was twenty something pounds bigger than me, which. No, no excuse. I could, I beat that guy easily. But. Well, I was about to say, like that was a that's a whole podcast in itself. Like you ended yeah. up, they ended up thought you were on top. Yeah, <laughs> you were legitimately on top of the guy about yeah. to drop some blows on him, and Rick's like, no. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I, I easily, I easily could have won that fight. The, there's no excuse there. I'm not trying to make excuse. But what I'm saying is, is um, you taking a guy that legitimately tries to play within the rules and get to the weight that he agreed on fighting. Then you take a guy 
that's we're not in the UFC yet. We're not in Bellator. Yeah, you're just taking fights in these lower level MMA. And they these stretch rules slash amateur. break rules, right? And so a guy misses weight by ten pounds. Well, then the next day, he's a hundred and eighty pounds because he didn't have to cut that last ten pounds that you had to cut. And or right, if at one twenty five. Uh, I normally like normally I, I take a fight at 125. I walk into the ring at 144 the next day under the cage. I walk in there the next day at 144. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, if they don't cut that last 10 pounds and they normally walk around at 155 or 160 pounds, the next day I'm a 144. They're 155 or 160. That's a huge. Like different in men, yeah. Like that, it and it don't seem like a lot, but dude, when you got somebody holding you down or like that that extra weight, like trying to throw you, and like it, it comes into play. Not to mention the taxing, like how bad it taxes your body to cut that last ten pounds. Like I can get to one thirty five and not even try, right? Yeah, but that last ten pounds is hard as fuck to get off. I could fight at one thirty-five and not really cut weight. Like I could just miss a couple of meals, uh, lighten up on what I'm eating, mm-hmm. and be one thirty-five, no problem. Have you thought about that just to get the itch, just to get that? I have, and but I just don't want to show up at the age that I'm at and then fight a hundred and seventy pound, sixty pound man. You know, like. I I walk in 144, 143 in a 125 pound fight, and uh, at 135 I'll be fighting somebody 155, 153, 155, 160. So obviously I feel like my skill set set me leaps and bounds ahead of them, and I'll still have an advantage, but it's not. Uh, it's not not. Uh, something that i'm really wanting i want to i get that itch all the time i want to i want to compete because i'm a competitor but at the same time kind of common sense kicks in like yeah um whatever anyway my my, back to what go ahead i was gonna say maybe look into like combat jujitsu that way you get to get slapped around and compete and do jujitsu yeah I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I really, I probably will do some combat jujitsu for sure. Yeah. Uh, Steven and I was talking about it. Uh, it's different for sure. Right. But at least, like, I mean, it takes a certain kind of person to want to get hit to be hit. And I, I, and I feel like that would feel that itch, like combat jujitsu getting slapped, you know? So I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm one of the weird ones. Uh, I enjoy it. Right. So I, I talk about this all the time uh, with people. You have people that say they like to fight. They're like, I like to fight. I like it. And then you have people like me. And uh, I'm, I don't care. I always tell these people, let me back up. They say I like to fight. And, and my response usually is you don't like to fight. You've always won your fights. You like to win. Yeah. You like to win fights. You don't like to fight. You like to win. And that's what separates me from a lot of people is I like being challenged. 
Like, I don't mind being hit. Uh, like, it does, it brings something out in me. Like, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Like, yes. and I know that sounds crazy, whatever, but no, like, I, it, that when somebody hits me and it's a good shot or something, you'll see guys smile and shake their head, like, yes. yeah. And sometimes they do that because they're hurt, but sometimes it's truly like, like, let's go. Yeah. And that's me. I enjoy that. I enjoy, like, being challenged. I enjoy it. Right. And uh, obviously I don't enjoy just getting the shit beat out of me and losing. I don't enjoy that. But I do enjoy, like, the fight. Right. I enjoy the challenge. I enjoy trying to impose my will on someone right. else. And, and and someone catches you and it wakes you up and you're like, oh, we're doing this. This is what we're doing? Let's, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> it's, it. It's like, let's go. Like, yeah, that's why I'm here. And uh, with that, that is someone who likes to fight. Obviously, I don't want to. I don't want to take sustain any injuries. I don't want to have any. I don't want to have TBI. I don't want to have lifelong injuries. But I truly enjoy that. And when I hear people say I like to fight, I'm like, no, you don't. You like to win fights. You right. like. You don't. You don't want to get hit and have to come back from that. You don't want that challenge. You don't want most people. They they'll quit. They find a way out. There's a million reasons to quit. There's only yeah. one reason to keep fighting. That's because you want to win. Yeah. And uh, I think that's what sets me apart from a lot of guys. Yeah. You can see it even at the highest levels, that exact thing. Like that, that's what happened to Ronda Rousey. Just dominating people. And then she started, like, her last two fights got hit clean. And you saw it. Like, you could see it in her eyes. Like, she uh, – it. It, it changed it, who it changed, she was. It, it changed, changed yes. it changed how she fought. It, it stole her confidence. Right. Uh, she was like, maybe I'm not one of the top athletes in the world. Like, there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of mental thing, too, because UFC yes. hopped her up and built her up, and right. you got that kind of pressure and that kind of training. I feel that pressure now just because I own, I own a, a school, and yeah. I actually own two schools for a little while, not long, but I own a school. I've owned a school for seven years. And I feel that pressure now more so than I ever have my whole life to perform simply because I don't want to let the people that have invested time in me or like uh, I don't want to feel I don't care about myself losing like my ego can take that. It's right. about letting my my family down. It's about letting my teammates down or having this heart built around me like like even me. Like I'm worried about like what what's my what kind of hit is my business gonna take right. if I go out there and just get completely demolished, and now fighting for me has changed from it used to be pure and like let's go see who the better person is. Yes. So now it's more of a political thing. Like okay, is this gonna help my business or hurt my business? And right. and when you start thinking of those things, it's time to it's time to move on. See, and I I get it. Like people, I don't. I think a lot of the general population don't realize. They think it's all strength and technique. Like, there's a lot of mental in it, too. Like, That's the majority of it. Like, I mean, and, like, just me. Like, I don't – I'm not an MMA fighter. Just just jiu-jitsu. And I've done jiu-jitsu competitions. Like, I can deal with loss. I lose in the gym all the time. But then, like, you – well, we've had other podcasts talking about, like, I'm at that level now where, like, a target on my back. 
to where like new people they see it kind of attainable but they're just not there yet and i'm like okay i gotta go to this competition like they build me up in the gym i got that target on my back i'd show out in the gym or something to have a good night and then i go to a competition and lose i'm like fuck i'm not as good as everybody said i was <laughs> like y'all lied to me yeah. no it just happens and that's the, I think that's what separates competitors from everyone else in the world. Yeah. I, I, just, I keep showing up. I mean, like, dude, yeah. they they just show up, put in the work. Nobody nobody remembers that loss really, but you exactly. And even in the UFC, like, unless it's a specific person, like they're talking about their last fight mm-hmm. to hop up another fight, you really don't remember. Like George St. Pierre is the goat, right? Mm-hmm. He's the goat. But I remember Matt Sarah knocked him out. Like, but you don't, when you talk about George St. Pierre's legacy, what do you talk about? Talk about the fact that he come back and did that to him. Right. It's how you come back from a loss, how you handle it. Right. And, and he, like, he lost to Matt Hughes, he lost to Matt Sarah. And, uh, but then he come back and avenged those two losses. And that's what people talk about. Yeah. Uh, Conor McGregor hasn't won, like, his last five fights. And he still. I think Conor's a great businessman. I've never bought into his hop. Yes, I've I never bought Connor. into it. Like I love I, I'm not a Connor fan. Like I think a true champion, like you, you to beat a man, you got to beat the man. But I feel like he, he, you know, he's never defended a title. Any organization, every title he's won, he has never defended the belt. I think you, you got to defend it. Like you, you're like you become the man. Like I disagree. I think you win the damn title. You're the world champ. You're a champ, champ. Everything, everything happens, can happen like a fluke. Like you, you need to defend that title. That's that's my opinion. I'm not the fighter you are. I right. think I think you need to defend it. Um, I, don't get me wrong. I think he does. He has talent, and he he knows how to sell it. He's a great businessman. Right. I think a lot of people uh, say like you got to defend the title. You got to defend the title, dude. You win that title at that level. It, uh, you done it. Now, defending it is impressive, yeah. and being able to defend it is impressive. But once you win it, you want it. Um, I think he should defend his belt, or yeah. should have had to f- defend his belt. Um, I, I truly do. I think the defense says a lot about your character, too. Being able to handle that pressure of, oh, shit, I got to do this again. Yes. And the champions, man, they got to fight nothing but number one guys. Yes. They're all the number one guys. They got to constantly fight on like that you, level. You can't hide now. You can't pick the easy fights to the title. Right. Now you're like, okay, now who are you? Right. That, that's where I'm coming from. Oh, I get it. Yeah. I get it. And But in order to get that title, he had to beat the guy that beat all the other guys. And like, Jose? Bro. That, that yeah. Like, he told everybody in a video, like, Two weeks before, like, this is how it's going to play out. Mm-hmm. And then he was practicing that in the warm-up room before. And he said, I knew it was going to come, just didn't realize it was going to come so quick. And it was the same, like, little thing. Yeah. And, like, don't let that, like that, that is yeah. freaking impressive. That's what I say. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I would just like to see him defend a title. I think he does have talent. I think he Make smart choices as business businessman, yeah. money thoughts. But he has talent. Like that thought he had was it Eddie Alvarez? Yeah. Like, he, he, he won that fight. He and Eddie dominated everyone. As, yes, and he, and he beat that dude. Be, 
beat him, walked over him. Yeah. Yes. And you're talking about up in weight. Yes. And you're talking about um, uh, fighting someone that has already cleared out the division. There's no denying his right. skill. Yes. Uh, when he went up to Nate Diaz weight, 170? Yeah. Right? Wasn't that what it was, 170? It was uh, like catch weight at 170 for both of them. Because people talked about how much bigger Nate Diaz was. Like, that was both their walking around weight. It wasn't that much of a difference. Um, Nate, Nate walks around heavy, bro. Well, he had just... Nate walks around heavy. He had just done like a triathlon. Yeah. He, he wasn't... But you talking about he's giving up... Uh, he's giving up... Uh, like, he had to gain weight to make weight. Like that, he had to gain, and so he, like, I respect it, Yeah. but damn, dude, like, for him to, to lose the way that he lost, come back and beat him and avenge that loss the way that he did. I want to see it run again. I don't. I do. Um, I, here's why I don't. Anything that, if Connor took that fight again and win or lose, like, he's not going to walk through Nate. Like, no one walks through Nate. But I feel like a lot of people, because they're both, like, they're both draws. Yeah. And he takes money fights. Right. That's, some, that's a money fight. It is, but that's, that's what I'm saying is, like, I feel like Connor should do some shit back at his other weight and re... Wasn't there talk of him re, going back to boxing yeah. again? Well, he need, I feel like he needs to rebuild, like, where he come from, his, like, uh, 45... Or whatever, like I feel like he needs or fifty five maybe fifty five. I was gonna say fifty five. Like you saw the yeah. pictures, like when he went to forty five, he was sick. He looked sick. Yeah, so like fifty five. Fifty five. I feel like he should weight. go to fifty five, beat up some guys, you know, uh, gain the title, keep the title, like whatever. I feel like he should go there and reestablish his legacy, reestablish his name as a dominant fighter. As somebody that's still competitive, mm-hmm. and then start back with his money fights and his big things, because right now he's kind of hurting his legacy by taking these fights that are way heavier than what he fights at, taking these boxing match, like taking these things that he's losing. And well, he he hadn't lost like his last five. He beat Cowboy, which I hate it. I'm a Cowboy mm. fan. But I, I kind of knew it was going to play out. Like Everybody everyone, did. I'm like, I'm a huge Cowboy fan. Like, you getting it? You getting the pay-per-view? Like, I tried to talk it up to him. I'm like, man, Cowboy, Cowboy's going to win. I'm like, I want Cowboy to I win. I wanted him to win, but I'm like, Me I'm too. not buying the pay-per-view. I know what's going to happen. I don't want to see one of my heroes get knocked out. Yeah, dude, I'm <laughs> such a Cowboy fan, and I was just like, damn it, Cowboy. Come yeah. on, man. And I was hoping, I was hoping that Cowboy would try to – you know, Connor's fast, dude. Yeah. And I was hoping and, and Cowboy's Cowboy, a slow starter. Notoriously slow starter, yes. And I was like, if he makes it to the second round. Till the second round where he starts getting off and starts finding his range and he has a chance. Yes. But I, I was like, he's such a slow starter and, and Connor's such a fast starter. And he finds that home man. like I just I called it. But yeah. I, I didn't want to. I was like it's like, damn it, I want Cowboy to win. Same. But Fuck cowboy, you know, like damn it, cowboy, you know, like practice coming out and banging, bro. Like, <laughs> like it's so hard though to get yourself mentally or ready. Practice for that. like keeping that distance, dancing around until you're loose. I mean, 
It's hard, man, especially at that I mean, level. if you don't... It's so easy to say it well, sitting here at this, in a room. I was about to say, but if, like, you're notoriously slow, you don't wake up till you get hit. Shit, how when your corner man punch you? <laughs> get slapped. <laughs> like, wake up. Uh, uh, have, have somebody like, let's go. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, that'd be great. Uh, well, again, I feel like we're getting sidetracked. You're about to ask me something. I was going to say one thing before you got to the next one. You asked me what to tell people on the couch. I was going to say we mentioned it, uh, the Joy Thieves. You're going to have the Joy Thieves. And you might be able to define it better than me, but a Joy Thief is, like, they suck the joy out of things. Like, they'll find a negative about something. So you'll have them, like, when you're starting on your new fitness journey, weight loss journey, you got to have the right people to confide in because you're going to have hard times. It, like I said, it's going to be hard. You don't need a joy thief because they'll ask you, like, why are you doing it? Like, does it, like, what's it matter? Did you have people, did you have people asking you things like that? Like trying to discourage you from your weight loss journey? Uh, no, no. The, the closest I came was I had people that thought I wasn't serious about it and they would like kind of like prod or make like jokes like, oh, you're still going to a gym? Kinda, you know, like, still losing weight. Like, you quit yet? Like, like a roundabout way. Yeah. But never like straight out asking me like, what? Like, what are you doing? Like, what's the point? They did a roundabout way, thinking maybe I wouldn't stick with it. So I'm not trying to put your business out there, no. But I, I do remember, like, someone at work or something talking about the people around him. Yes. Yeah, we had this conversation. So I had a coworker. It was after I had gotten my journey, on my own journey. This was probably, I want to say it was about a year ago, wasn't it? About a year. Yeah. I want to say last year, last summer sometime. So anyway, this guy, he, out of shape. He's had medical issues. He walked around with two canes. I ain't, I'm not going to say no names. Right, I don't, I don't yeah, want you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but he started uh, working out, got better, started walking around with just one cane, you know, slowly improving. And, uh. I made conversation with him. We left the gym at the same time one day because where we work at, there was a gym facility. And uh, I was like, hey, man. And we happened to have like a training class together. I'm like, ain't your name so-and-so? He said, yeah. I'm like, hey. Now, I remember when we had that class together. I see you lost some weight, man. Like, you're doing good. And we had a conversation, you know. I told him, like, hey, you have any questions? Because I was a little bit ahead of him. Like, I saw where he was because I was there, given I didn't have the same medical problems. Right. I'm like, hey, you got any questions? Ask me. And then a few months later, he actually sent me an instant message and was like, dude, you don't know what that meant to me. Like, I was talking to someone else, like someone I thought was a friend, and they put me down so bad, like, asked me what the fuck I was doing, and it ain't worth it. I'm just going to gain all this weight back. And the talk I had with you, like, it picked me up. Like, thank you. Like, you, some, you may not have encountered that in your life, but there are joy thieves out there. They just want to suck the joy out of... They're not happy with their self or their life, so they want to make everybody else miserable as well. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I was checking the, the lag. Make sure it wasn't lag. Yeah, because yeah. that happens sometimes. But yeah, anyway. Joy thieves. Uh, my definition of it is just somebody that wants to make you feel bad for something that you want to do. Like, or make you feel bad in your life because they're not happy in their life. Right. They just want everybody around them to feel or act the way that they act or feel. Um, 
And a good example of that is I can't catch a break guy. I, I hate those people. Um, like me, I've had one of the worst years of my life. Yes. Like hands down, the absolute one of the absolute worst years of my entire life. And um, it hasn't um, – the, the thing about it is – is I could easily look at this year and go, man, life sucks. Like, I got this and this and this and this and this going on. My house burned. I lost a business. I'm almost bankrupt. Blah, 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 blah. I could do that. Or I could say, holy shit. Like, when my house burned, look at all the people that rallied behind us and tried to help us. And, like, we, wow. didn't, we, don't, we don't have insurance. We didn't have any insurance or anything like that. And the people that are in my life, that are part of my gym, that are part of our community here in Eastman, rallied behind us, dude, and they, they raised money. Uh, they're still trying to raise money. People are still asking me how they can help. This, this like happened like last week. That's what I choose to look at. Not the fact that we lost everything. Not the, not the fact that we, like, that I'm, I'm financially, like, none of that. I don't want to focus on that because... What I teach my kids is where focus goes, energy flows. Right. And if I focus on all the things that I have to be upset about, then I'm going to drive my mindset into that, that area, and then I'm going to be focused on that, and then I'm not going to be happy. Whereas if you look around and look at what the 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 – I guess the village that we built here at tech center or the community that we've built and then look at the community in Eastman that, and even the jujitsu community, like you look at the people that literally come and like played ball or however you want to say it, like stepped up to help. Like, dude, it was, it's amazing. Like, I can't be upset. I can't be mad about this year. Like, People showed me that they care, and to me, that's humbling. And at the same time, it's that's who I want on my team. That's who I want on my circle. I don't want the person that's going poor, poor, pitiful me. I don't want the person that's going like, oh, man, you're just wasting your time. You're going to grow old anyway. Or you're like, why are you, why are you cage fighting? Like, what, like, why are you doing that? Because I want to. Right. You know, like. I'm choosing to do these things, and I don't need someone pulling me down. Either you're going to help me do what I'm trying to do and lift me up and help me grow, or you're not going to be a part of my life. And I don't have time for, those, for the joy thieves. So my, my message to the world out there would be figure out what it is you want to do, surround yourself around like-minded people, and go all in and do it. Uh, like I said, I've had one of the worst years, but... There's always good with the bad. And this year, uh, anybody that knows me, and I'm not trying to pull, like, toot my own horn or whatever, to, to call me little toot toot, uh, toot my own horn or whatever, but I invest in people. And, like, I, I go and help people move. If I have something that will help someone, I'll loan it to them. I'll go use it for them. Um, I, like, if you need help on your house, help moving, I'm always the guy that, that – that helps and that I'm the helper. I'm never the person asking for help. I'm always the one that's giving the help. 
And when it come time, this time for me to be like, man, I, my hands are tied. Like I, I do not know what I'm gonna do. And I felt alone, and I felt like, like I don't know what I'm going to do. I never asked for help. I didn't have to. People just stepped up. It's awesome. And it was the best feeling in the world. And like, it still is. Like people are still trying to help, and we're still trying to climb out of this hole that we're in because we still owe money on stuff that burnt blah 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 don't not trying to get on that i'm just simply saying that i have so much to be grateful for and i would be a hypocrite to teach people to focus on positive things and this and that and then turn around and sing that poor pitiful me that's why i'm not gonna be that guy and i don't want that guy around me right but anyway um guys ignore the joy thieves um, when you're trying to do something new, you're going to have a billion people telling you the reason you can't, telling you you can't do it, telling you it's stupid. Um, just do it. Ignore them. Put yourself around somebody that's wanting to do what you want to do. Like the real people, not everybody that says they're your friend is on your team. Pay attention to their body language. Pay attention to their, uh, pay attention to their actions and what, whether their words are lining up with their actions, see what uh, type of person this is, and then make the decision. You have the decision every single day who you put in your circle. If somebody that was on my team, uh, uh, somebody that was on my team, and all of a sudden stops pulling their weight, and now I'm still pulling this frigging wagon up the hill, and they're just sitting on the wagon while I'm pulling it, it's time for their ass to get off. They done went as far as, as far as I'm willing to carry them. But if we're working together and we're still headed up that hill and they're pushing and, and helping me reach my goals and I'm helping them reach their goals, they can stay in my circle as long as they want. But the moment they become too heavy for me to carry or the moment that I feel like, okay, this person is literally dragging me back down the hill, back from my, my, my top, right. it's time to... Let them get off at this stop. It's time to separate myself from that person. And that don't mean I got to be mean to them or be a shitty person towards them. That just means that they are no longer, um, they are no longer pulling their own weight. And they are literally making me backslide. It's time to just say, all right, dude, this is your stop. And stop hanging out and stop giving your energy to this person because... They're not returning the energy that you're you're putting out. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah. So anyway, that was my rant. I don't talk twenty minutes about joy thieves because that that's one of my talking points to my kids. Yeah. Um. Uh, so I think I talked some of that twenty minutes. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so um, you're talking your weight loss journey. You started losing weight. Mm -hmm. You had some joy thieves. Not really indirect. Uh, yeah, I didn't have it as bad as what I've heard. Like I told you, my coworker, like he directly was affected. Mine was more along the lines of some of the friends I had had never seen me like this active or this physical and really weren't confident or didn't know if I would stick with it. Like now it's just part of my life and they, they know what I'm into. Dude, sometimes it's the people that care about you. They don't want to see you fail. They don't want to see you hurt. Yeah. So they try to discourage you from doing things because they don't want you to see you fail or see you hurt. Yeah. No one really discouraged me 
I just think I surprised him when I stuck with it as long as I did. And that mindset. Yeah. Make that mind up. All right, so now you've been doing the, the weight loss thing for... I said four years or so. Well, no, no, no. I'm talking about at back then. Back then. Yeah, so you started the weight loss journey. Then you stuck with it for seven or eight months to a year. Yeah. And another friend is like, let's try jujitsu. Yes. First and foremost, what was that like for you? Like, why did you even consider doing that? And was you scared? Was you nervous? Like, like was it something you were just like, fuck it, let's do it? Or like, what was your, your whole thought process or what encouraged you to, to do it? So, I had never, like, trained before. But I've always been a fan of MMA. I've always watched UFC and even like some of the the low budget ones that came on like a cable channel. Like I've always been interested and watched it. So I understood what I didn't understand movements or how they worked. But I knew names of shit. You know, like I knew what a guillotine was. I knew, you know, I knew what a darts was. I just didn't know how you did it. I just knew the name and what it looked like. And when my friend was like, well, let's go try it. Like, I, I was at the point, like, still, like, that confidence. I never would have, like, made that jump myself. Because I, I see it on TV. I'm like, I don't want to get my ass kicked. <laughs> but then my friend's like, let's go in there, you know, check it out. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, was it all, all of you guys' first time? Yes. Every one of y'all's very first time ever? Yes, there are, th- there are three of us. And it was all of our first time. I remember when y'all come in. Yeah, it was the three of us, and we uh, we all started. And the the friend that got me to come never came back. He lasted one day. Uh, and then me and the other friend, I think he lasted two or three months. Three months. He yeah. was, it was like two and a half. Yeah, it was three months. And it was one of them deals where like I was getting my feet wet, coming like twice a week, and we would ask each other like, "Are you going? You going today? Hey, you going?" That way we knew someone else. That was there. That was there and same level, you know, beginner, didn't know shit. And then it got to a point where I quit asking if it was coming because I, like that mindset, I'm like, you know what? This this is pretty fun. Like, I'm going anyway. I, I, don't I, think, need- I think me and you become really good friends too. We did. We did. Which it took a, it took a minute because I'm the top person. Like, you got to get me out of my shell. Yeah, it I, took me a minute to get you to, yeah. like, be my friend. But I was like, I want him to be my friend. I like being <laughs> Yeah, like, I can be... Friends or friendly with anyone, but it takes a whole lot to get me on my shell and to let you in. Like, I, it takes me a lot to let you in to my circle. Like we talked about circle of friends. Like it takes a lot for you to be let into my circle. And like once I let you in, like we're best. Like we're two best friends. Like I consider you can have more than one best friend. Like yeah, I agree. I have. I will consider right now like three best friends, and you're one of the three. Nice. Yeah. So, guys, uh, if you hear this mic, me moving it and shit, like, I'm constantly <laughs> fidgety. So, I'm going to figure out a position that I like it in. But, like, every time I move, I move the mic. So, I'm sorry. But um, for you, uh-huh. and uh, you come in, and then eventually you said, I'm going. Screw right. it. Yeah. What, like, what? first of all, what did you think of me your first day? When you seen me and talked to me and were, like got on the mat, like was it intimidating because I'm such a big and scary person or like what? Uh, no. What was it? No, like I, my first impression of you was good. Like like this guy knows what he's talking about. He 
Like he's walking me through it step by step. Do this, do this, do this. Like I thought you were really good teacher breaking it down instructor and since we have become friends like you've told me it took you a minute to get to that point like when you first start teaching it was hard and then when you asked me to help teach and coach like i realized like shit it, it is a little hard <laughs> <laughs> and not everyone can do it no but uh my first impression of you like i think you had got to that point like you had learned and growed and like my first person you like you knew your shit and like okay i'm listening to this guy like uh, good vibes nice like, good that's vibes. what we strive for yeah. here because i like, not gonna lie like i said i never had trained before there was a guy where like for a month me and my cousin like kind of tried it but like this guy like we wasn't a whole lot of confidence in it <laughs> I, we talked about this before like yeah you know who you, I'm talking about? yeah you can call him out no i'm not calling anyone out i'm not that you guy. call him out no. i'll call him out <laughs> but anyway uh, we didn't just kidding not a whole lot of confidence and like i'm like mm, mm, no okay and that was kind of too what made me timid where i wasn't gonna come in by myself so it took that friend to say hey let's go do it well, fuck it let's go do it <laughs> <laughs> so and then uh it got to that turn point. It was an aha moment. Everybody has an aha moment. Light bulb goes off. And there was a move I was having problems with. Or I hit something in her live role. I don't remember what it was. It was like an aha moment. And I'm like, I don't need my friend here no more. Like, I, we, like it's cool. I want him to keep training. But I'm going anyway. Like, that was amazing. <laughs> Dude, I think everybody has that moment where they start – and it don't work, it don't work, it don't work, it don't work, it don't work. And you just get nail. You're just a nail, 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 yes. nail, 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 nail. Unless and you're a Catholic. And then you're like, <laughs> like, man, I'm not going back. Screw this shit. I'm tired of coming home and feeling like crap. And then you hit a sweep on a person that's just been destroying you. Or you hit a submission on a person that's just been whipping your ass. And you go, oh, <laughs> That yeah. felt great. Yeah, and you remember one of my moments because you actually point. I don't remember this. You pointed this out to me. It was a. Uh, I had been training for a little bit, and uh, we had a couple of new people. Yeah, <laughs> and it you was you and Mel. Well, you told me like I had a smile on my face after rolling, and you're like, "What's up?" And I'm like, "Man, I've been beat up so much. Like this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> like this, I'm not getting beat up as much no more." <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's that the problem is, is that all right, uh, with jujitsu, uh, water rises the water, right? Is what yes. that's the uh, all tides, uh, high tides raise the ships, or how's it go? You've always said in the class, like, uh, water rises to water, yeah. So, like, you have high water, the low water will rise to it, yeah, and now you just keep. So I, I guess the rule of thumb is is like if you started filling a room up with water, right? If you just started filling it up, this side of the room isn't going to fill up first. Yeah, you're going to get a solid one inch across the whole bottom, then two inches, three inches. When you swim, fill up a swimming pool, there may be a little offsetness, mm -hmm. but it's going to level out to the same level. You does it make sense? Yeah, and that's what happens in a gym is it levels out like the highest person. Everybody's going to come to that person's level. And you are rising with everyone else in the class. Right. So you don't realize how good you are getting because everyone else 
is getting good about the same pace. Some people have those aha moments and they have something click and they get better. Right. And then you get better, then they get better, then you get better. And people learn different speeds. Yeah. yeah. But usually 90% of the time, the people that you are rolling with or rolling, like learning with, you guys are tit for tat or they're always going to be better than you. And you're like here until they take a break. Yeah. Or until something clicks with you, you might get a little better and then something will click and they'll get better. The point is, is that at the end of the day, you don't have a true measuring stick of how good you are until a new person steps on the mat. Right. And you get that chance to go like, uh, that was pretty freaking easy. <laughs> like, holy, like, I'm actually pretty good at this. <laughs> Like, when you get on the mat with a new person, and you've been training with the same group of people for a little while, which we, we get new people in every week, but it's, it's like there's a moment when there's a clear difference between you and the people that are walking through the door, and it's such a gap that it's not even hard anymore. And that sounds arrogant, but... Speak for yourself. I still, depending on who it is walking through that door, I have time sometimes and unless they're unless they're really really like freak athletes well it's, freak the, it's the strong ones but i know how to protect myself until they wear out because after that first minute two minutes they're tired but that's jujitsu like yeah. the goal is to make them tired so like if they don't have any gas tank left then you can kill them and that's what you're trying to do is make them tired until you can kill them so i got a smile on my face just quick funny real quick so Funny t tidbit happened tonight in class. Like, talking about uh, water rises to water. Uh, I ran beginner class tonight, and I just kind of open format, open mat format. You know, like, what are you having problems with? What can I help you with? You getting stuck somewhere? Submission you can't finish? And someone asked me, you know, I'm getting stuck here. So I'm like, well, here, here's a couple of my go tos. I use these, and then here's a couple more advanced ones that I go to. And then I just quit talking, and I'm like, wait a sec. Do I want to show y'all all my secrets? Like, y'all about to kill me. <laughs> like, what, what am I doing? And they all just stared at me. Like, oh, I'm going to start now. I made it funny. Like, I'm going to start now. Let me go ahead and show you what I do. That's great. <laughs> it'll, it'll make it harder for me. I'll have to go back to square one. Yeah, dude. And that's what I, that's what I love is, like, I don't hold anything back from my guys. Right, I, t I, I showed them all my go-tos. So, like, the thing was, uh, bottom side. What do you do? Bottom side control. I'm like, well, the two first things, first two things I try, regard or wrestle up. That's it. Regard, wrestle up. Quick, simple. And I said, after that, uh, I usually try, depend on where they're, it depends on their position too. But I usually try after that, like a ghost escape. Yeah. Or triangle from bottom, where if you can get their, them down lower on your hips and get your leg around. I said, that's my next two more advanced that I do. So with me, I do everything that you just said. Uh, I never do the triangle. I like triangle. Yeah, no, but not from bottom side. I don't, I, I don't ever do it. I'm not saying it's a bad move. I'm just saying I don't ever do it. I usually, if they get me flat, which is very, very, very rare, I buggy choke them. I said, I've never done that one. Yeah, you got to start doing that because it's fun. We need but, to go over that. Yeah, I buggy choke. That's that's where I, that's my go to if they flat me out. 
And, and that's all I do if they flat me. I never get flat, though. I was about to say, I don't know if I got... I've never gotten you flat because I don't remember you ever doing that joke to me. Yeah. Knock uh, on wood. Now you're going to do it on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went for a couple of months where I was just letting people flatten me out to see if I could get that. And yeah. if I don't get it, usually they try to switch off, like, north-south. And then I end up, like, turning into them and wrestling them over. Yeah. But, see, I uh, like the triangle from bottom because I don't necessarily finish it. But now I have two on one on their other arm. And I'll do a straight arm lock or a Kimura. And if nothing else, they're going to freak out and try to move, and I can come up on top. Makes sense. So, Jiu-Jitsu 101, sucker. Y'all want to <laughs> learn this. Get in the gym and train with us. All right. Um, so now, you, now you've gotten you, – you come in the gym. You was like 240 pounds. You, yeah. had all, you, had, you went from like 300 plus. We'll say about 320, 330. Okay. Let's just say 320. Give you a couple pounds. 320. Um you show up, you're like 240, 250, right? 240, 230. 230, okay. 100 pounds. Yeah, so you've lost 100 pounds in a year. Yeah. And then you somebody talked you into doing jiu-jitsu. Yes. You were a huge uh, fan of UFC and MMA. Yes. It got you into jiu-jitsu. You walk through the door. You see me. You said, man, this dude seems cool. He seems knowledgeable. He's teaching us, walking us through things. It's not like the other experience that I had. I wouldn't even count because I didn't. And you find some success, and then you start showing up. Mm-hmm. And over that period of time, you become one of the mainstays in the gym. Well, like, it was a slow transition. Like, it it may sound quick. I've been training jiu-jitsu three years now. I started only coming, like, two days a week. Uh, then it transitioned to maybe, like, three days a week, which was off your recommendation, too, because, like, first starting out – you're working muscles you didn't know you had. <laughs> like you, you are sore. Yeah. Because you, like, there's strange movements that doesn't make sense until you start training, and then you're like, oh, this makes sense. So, it's good. Easy. It's good. Yeah. Uh, so, when you start training, it makes sense, but first starting out, like, what is this? But I went from two days to, like, three days, and then I started making transition, like, four or five days a week, and my weightlifting changed. And then I'm here now, like you said, like one of the mainstays. Dude, I'm, I'm, we're, we're so grateful to have you. Like, I don't, I, I don't know if you know, like, how important you are at, at this school. So, like, uh, you are completely 100% the kids' coach now. Um, you're, like, you're changing kids' lives. Um, I come in, I'm the cool, fun coach, and you're the disciplinary <laughs> coach now, which is weird. It, very weird. Because I was that guy like, hey, what are you doing? Stand up. Yes, sir. Yeah, very weird. And I was the laid back one. Yeah, and like, now. Like, come on, buddy. <laughs> and now every time, like, what you say? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but teaching them discipline, uh, teaching them, uh, you know, how to stand tall, make eye contact, speaking clearly. It's, it's, a, yes. it's, a, it's a process. Yeah. Anyway, so now you're a mainstay. And now you're supplementing your weightlifting to make you a better competitor? Uh, yes. So I still, like my body, I still have like fat. Chub- I consider myself chubby. Dude, hold on. I'm going to stop you there. <laughs> um, just so the world knows, I've never lifted weights in my entire life. And then I started lifting weights with Brandon Grimes for in the mornings for like two months yeah and then i quit 
because he, he had to go to work early. It's like 4 o'clock in the morning lifting weights. And for me and the way I, uh, my lifestyle just wasn't sustainable. Right. But the next time I lifted weights, I was with you, and you're, like, walking me through these things and actually helping me. You've been lifting weights for four years now, and yeah. you, you have, like, like, invested all of this time, like, study, blah, 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 to get good at it. I was looking. Decent. Yeah. Well, I was looking at you today. And the Bam Bam that's in front of me today is thick, like strong and muscular, like Bam Bam. I, like, I think I, it's more just like my midsection. But I understand, like, I don't ever expect to have abs. I was that big. I got like, loose skin. Like, it's one, hey, one of the drawbacks, but I'm fine with that. Dude, I, I'm <laughs> telling you today, like, seeing the, like, your thighs and, and, Things isn't. I sound. I sound like I'm like, checking me out. Checking you out. No, <laughs> but I was just looking at you, and I was proud. Yeah. Like, um, like I see the like you are sculpting your body. Like you are building yourself into. Yeah. And I was like, I was, I was feeling down today. Like I'm, I'm trying to cut back on sugar, and I was, I was crashing, and I didn't realize that withdrawal. you withdrawal. Yeah, I didn't realize you go through withdrawals from sugar. Sugar and caffeine, just like a drug, you go through withdrawals. Yeah, I, and I realize that now. I'm like, uh, makes sense. headaches. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Like, I, I just never really thought about it. But, like, I was feeling crappy, and I went over there, and I was like, you was working out, and I was like, man, like, you truly have did a 180 from where, like, even the person that I met at 230, 240 pounds. Yes. To now, like, the like i wouldn't be scared to say in two years like you are gonna be a like a freaking monster athlete like you're gonna look like everybody's gonna look at you and go damn i wish i could i wish i could look like that i wish i could do that like i i truly see that because i've seen the progress today well we'll see in two years (laughs) yeah i seen the progress today and i didn't tell you that but it was proud i felt pride In seeing like what you have accomplished, and it was it was cool to Thank look you, at. It. it was cool to see that, and I don't know if anybody's told you that, but it was very freaking cool to see. Like I was looking at you, and like your shoulders are bigger, your thighs are bigger, you have muscle tone, and then like when I'm rolling with you, you're super technical, and you have grip strength now. Like you, you didn't. No offense, but you were you were soft as shit when you got in here. Like you didn't have grip. I, yeah, like, I would have told you that. Like you were soft, soft, and now like it, you you grab me and I'm like, oh shit. That, well, that's his now. I gotta I gotta move around it. You know. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. That, that's a that's that's a huge compliment. I'll take that. Uh, not just jujitsu, but the weightlifting compliment, like sculpting. Talking about surrounding yourself with. Like-minded people. My other two best friends have both said the same thing. Hell so, yeah. So all three best friends are on the same boat. So, hey, And, and that, that's what I'm talking about. And then, like, you're doing that for me. So, like, what I've done for you in jiu-jitsu, you're now doing that for me right. in weightlifting. Like, um, I got up the other night. I couldn't sleep. Guess what I did? Lifted weights. I lifted weights. And I've never awesome. done that. And I went up there, and I was like, well, I missed this day, and I missed this day. Right. And it's one of the things you don't have to have someone else. Once you learn something, like some basics, like jiu-jitsu, yeah, there's some drills. There's some solo drills, solo 
uh, movements, routines, but like actual training, like it helps to have a partner. Yeah. Weightlifting. You just go in there and do something. Just move some weight. You're moving heavy shit. Just move yeah. it around. And so that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Just do something. And yeah. um, I, I made a rule for myself. Every time I go to the kitchen, I do 10 push-ups. Great rule. I used to do five pull-ups every time I went to the bathroom. Yeah, I still I, – I, I don't do that anymore. I've but gotten I, off of it, Bob. I need to get back on it. But I've done that for years. Like I had a pull-up bar in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And it's five pull-ups every time I go to the bathroom. It's uh, five pull-ups every time I open the refrigerator. Ten push-ups every time I walk into the kitchen. Nice. So, and I've done that for years. But here's the thing. Like, if you don't do anything at all, and then you just add a rule, like, every time I go to the bathroom, I do ten push-ups. By the end of the year, how many more push-ups did you do than than before? A lot, right? Then uh, it's not a drastic change. And it's so sporadic, but it changes so much in your daily life that it's a marathon. And by the end of the by the end of the year, you've done thousands of push-ups. And then the next year, you can actually add more because you start feeling better. Oh, you're gonna add more by the end of the month. Like if you're doing that every day, like you're gonna start out, you're gonna be sore because you're doing muscles. If you start out doing from doing nothing to doing something, you're going to be sore. Push through the soreness. And by the end of the month, you're already adding more push-ups because you're already doing something and stronger. But you asked me about lifting weights, my goal now, like with jiu-jitsu. Yeah. I'm still just sculpting my body. I want to change more fat in the muscle. But not just that. I got to keep – I don't want to be one of them guys just, oh, I can't wipe my own ass. So <laughs> got to stretch. Got to keep – got to stretch. So uh, I'm not trying to like – break any records or be like a power lifter i lift heavy weights relative i lift heavyweight for me what i think i need as high as i you know want to build up to and then i'm just worried like you know the reps too and uh also jujitsu like competitions i told you i wanted to start moving towards like some of them do open weight move towards that so weight isn't as big of an issue but i feel like if you match against someone same technique, same skill level. Strength is going to play a part in it. Yeah. It does. I mean, we focus so much with technique, but you run up against someone that has just as good technique as you, you may have to explode. And when I competed at 185, I felt weaker compared to them. Yeah. I felt like my skill was there. I had technique, but I felt weaker. Now, when I competed at 170, felt phenomenal. Like, I felt on the same playing field. Dude, I always feel weak. Yeah. Like, um, I always feel like everybody's just way stronger than me. And may, maybe maybe not, but I, I do. I, I've never grappled anyone other than, like, kids that that did not feel like they were just a billion times stronger than you me. You still destroy me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that, it's not because I'm, I'm strong. You feel strong as shit. <laughs> like you, you got body sculpted by jujitsu. Like you got like your body's like tough in the right spots. Yeah, it, like and when you it, put them the blade and like that bar, <laughs> it's a fucking bar. It's a steel bar. <laughs> like it sucks. That's what I'm saying though. Is like uh, I've, I've been doing this a long time, but it's tech. Like I feel like it's all technique. I don't feel. I always feel like I'm the weaker person. Yeah, but we're working on that. Yeah, I, I and hope. you've already seen improvements. Like we, I, I pointed same thing you said to me. Like I'm seeing changes in you, like in the gym. 
yeah like it's, already it's helping like it, it really is helping uh like um 100 i do feel better like i'm not I'm not as uh, you started getting off stretch, and I had to remind you. He said, "Man, I'm getting tired." I'm like, "Stretch, motherfucker!" Yeah, stretch. Yeah, like you helped me. You helped <laughs> me a lot. All right, so I got an I got another question, and this one's personal to the school. Okay, this is not personal to you. So now you're supplementing your weight training to help your jujitsu. Yes. Well, uh, you've been with me for a long time now, three years, right? which it seems it's like half the time the school's been open. School's been open to the public for six years. Yeah, so I've been here half the time you've been here. Yep, exactly half. Yep. So uh, you actually started one month before my uh, three-year anniversary. Yeah, because I started in August. Yeah. So, like, we're one month shy of my three years. Oh, you started in August? I thought you started in June, July. It's August. Oh, so you started exactly on my three-year. I want to say there's, like, a week apart. Yeah, my three-year was June, I mean, August 22nd. My, My, the day I opened... To the public was August 22nd. I actually wrote it down. I have it. I can tell you when I started. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to give you a jiu-jitsu tattoo. 17 August. And 2017. Nice. And it's 2020. It is. Yeah. So August 17th would be three years. Yes. So um, August 22nd will be six years. Oh, remind me. After we get off, because I'm not going to drop her name, we have a kid, one of the ones that moved up to adult. Her birthday's in two weeks. So not this Monday, but the next Monday. Nice. And she goes, y'all have not given me a birthday gauntlet since I've been here. I'm like, you're getting one this year. I know who it is. We'll talk about it. Yeah, I know who it is. That's awesome. So uh, you've been with me for half the years of the school. We have went through um, some changes here at the school. We were originally under Matt Sarah. Then we went under American Top Team, under Wade Rome, uh, Cameron DeVille, Wade Rome. And now we're, make, we're transitioning to uh, 10th Planet, uh, Stephen Aiken. That is three lineages in six years. Yes. Um, there's a, a question of loyalty and there's a question of circumstance and there's a question of like what the hell is that school doing over there and why is it why is it so whatever like so what's your question my question is what are your thoughts on it and like what what do you how do you feel about about that the lineage and the the loyalty issues and things like that from all the different senses, like from outside looking in, from yeah, everything. Where I'm at now. Like, yeah, everything. I want, okay. I want all of it. Outside looking in, yes. Someone's gonna like, what the hell's going on there? And like, loyalty, like, damn, like, just he's hopping from one to the other. But they don't know all the backstory. Me being here, I know all the backstory, and some of it is just. <laughs> it's one of them things, like you said, like this past year has been hard for you. Like, it seemed like some of the circumstances, like, it was just, like, crazy how some of it worked out. And some of it was just plain stupid. Like, I'm not going to throw out the details. Like, one or two things, like, that, that's just stupid. Uh, me being here, I enjoyed two of the three lineages. The lineage that we were first under when I started, never had a problem with it. I still, like, I thought there was good people over there, still do. Yeah. And I think it was just someone on the outside that moved in. 
yeah. that it was a sour taste and you know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put that out there. That, that's uh, it's your business. Yeah. So um, I I got my uh, I've been training. I've trained. I traveled and trained. So I traveled and trained with several schools. I got my start with several schools, and um, I have a sense of loyalty to all of them. And I never nobody ever claimed me. Still got camera on me. Uh, my bad. Nobody ever claimed me. I'm just going to leave it there for a minute. All right. So nobody ever claimed me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because your job involved travel. Yeah. So you just. And I trained here for a week, there for a week, but I never missed a day. Like I was always training somewhere, somehow. In the very beginning, I was training with a school for like four and a half years. And I ended up coaching the morning classes. But the thing was, is that school, the, the water wasn't very deep. Like. We had a guy that had amateur boxing, uh, claimed he was a blue belt and an under-American top team, which he lied about. He was not. And it was the same person that you were talking about that you showed up to, I believe. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So, like, he lied. It was a lie. And he, he was a damn good cardio coach. It might as well have been CrossFit. Like, it might as well have been CrossFit. Like, there was yep, some... I, I couldn't argue that. <laughs> yeah, there was some striking and there was some grappling, but it wasn't technical at all. You know, but I'm grateful for it now, but I wish I could have invested that time in a legit school because my career would be so much farther. Right. But anyway, so then that I changed to a different school for a couple of years, and then I started traveling and training. And that's when I really started getting really good because I realized when I started traveling and training, like the first two schools I was a part of, they weren't, they weren't on the up and up, I guess. They were – one of the schools, the second school I went to was way better than the first. But it was still lacking in the new like breaking things down and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Then, I, then Frank Mullis met me. And uh, Frank Mullis was under Matt Sarah. And he, I went to a school and trained there. I was working out of town for almost three weeks, uh, four days a week. I went and trained at their school. And I had been training for a long time, and I was a white belt, and I was going, like, I was rolling with uh, all of their guys, and I was, I was doing well. And Frank was like, you're only a white belt? And I'm like, yeah. I didn't even have a strap on my belt. And he's like, wow, like, why are you only a white belt? I'm like, well, um, nobody's ever given me a, a blue belt. Or like, <laughs> like yeah. I've been grappling a long time, but nobody's ever claimed me. And Eastman, Georgia didn't have anyone. Mm -hmm. And I was opening, I, had, I wanted to open a school, not to the public, just for myself. Right. And uh, this is years later. I've still been training. And... Uh, I'm training with Bubby. Um, I had done I had done some privates with Frank at Coles, like um, not like I I was still training and traveling. I was tra I was actually driving to Bubby's twice a week for privates, and um, then I started going to Coles with Frank for privates, and um, Frank asked Bubby and Cole what they thought about my skill level. And they all agreed, like, um, according to Frank, I, I wasn't there for that conversation, that I should get a blue belt. Mm -hmm. So Frank gave me my blue belt. Yeah. 
And um, it was the first person that belted me. And I was like, well, this is my lineage. Then um, two years went by. I got my purple belt from Frank. Then um, Tony Q moved from New York and, like, come to my school. I invited him. And they were working on a new school to open up there. So he come over here a lot and coach. And um, then all of a sudden, there was a problem with me being under them. Said that uh, he didn't, that I was disrespectful for having someone from another lineage. I had invited Cameron Neville to come to the school and coach. Because I've been training with Cam for a long time. Uh, Cam is my brother. Like, I love Cam. Yes. And uh, trained with Cam for a long time. And I invited him. And Tony said that that was disrespectful. And that um, he basically said, well, I can't teach him anything. He's got, he's bringing other people over. He's disrespectful. And he's got this old school BJJ, like, you're not allowed to have anyone else come in unless he invited them in and we had never frank has never said anything frank wants everybody to come frank is open about who trains where and then tony come in with these new yeah. respect i think cross training is great i think it's the best thing you could do yeah and i think if your school don't want you to train cross train i think you're in a mcdojo i i just personally it may not be the case but i think i think that if you're not allowing your students to cross-train, then you are um, holding them back. And you're holding your school back. I truly believe that. Well, you're not confident in what, what you're teaching. teaching. Yes. Yeah. So, Mick Dojo. Well, um, anyway, so, uh, Tony didn't like me. Yeah. And um, he, he was, said I was disrespectful for having Cam in the school. Told Frank that we were no longer affiliated. That he couldn't promote me anymore. And Frank had already messaged me and told me Matt Sayre was going to give me my brown belt when he come down. He was supposed to come down in July, then it was August, then it was September. He actually come down in October and gave some other guys their brown belt, and I didn't get mine because uh, whatever reason. I didn't care. At the time, I, I've never chased a belt. I've been grappling. I grappled for 12 years before I got a blue belt. Like, I've never been a belt chaser, so it didn't bother me. But when they disowned me, after I'd spent so much time with Frank and them, my lineage was up in the air. Right. And I spoke with Cam, and I spoke with Stephen Aiken. I spoke with Brent Coleman. I spoke with uh, Bubby. And we were looking at who I should go under. And everybody wanted to pick me up. Like, I, everybody was, like, wanting to pick me up. And Cam came and was like, you should have been with me the whole time. So, and he, him and I trained together. And then a couple of months later, we trained together again here. I went, I've been, I went to his school a couple of times. Then him and Wade Rome come here and Cam gave me my brown belt. And Wade gave me my brown belt. And I was like, cool, well, you guys are American top team. I want to be a part of the family. I want to be American top team. Yeah. So I told him, I, I said, uh, what do I need to do? And he's like, these are the dues. And then we'll get you added to the website. We'll get you the licensing. We'll do all this stuff. 
I was like, okay. So I did everything I was supposed to do. A, almost a year goes by. I don't have the licensing. I still can't advertise that I'm a part of American Top Team. Um, there's issues with uh, there's issues with me being on their website. Yeah. Then there's other issues about me selling tech gear over the American Top Team gear. And there was just like a lot of little things that were not on the, I'm not going to say up and up because that's not the right word. I don't want to sound like I'm poor mouthing or whatever. It was sinking you. It wasn't lifting the school like you thought it would. Right. It was sinking you. So I would, yeah, I was, I was literally paying money for nothing. Right. And see, that's, so you asked me what I thought, like when we were under Frank uh, and Matt Sarah affiliated, like I thought it was great. Like I got, I liked all the guys over there. Like, I felt like it was good. And then the situation happened, like, Tony Q, like you said. Then we went under uh, Cam and Wade. And all my interactions, like I say, with them has always been good. Different vibes than Frank's place. And that was, like, there was... It's a, more competitor. Yeah. like More like competitive say, base. So, more, I would say more, like you said, competitor, so more strict. I was cool with. And I... The people were cool. It's all that stuff you just mentioned. I like. It's not my gym. Not on it. But seeing what it was doing to you, like I didn't like it. Right. Like I. That that's where my bad vibes came. And where we're at now. Uh, which I'm sure you're gonna tell how we got there. Yeah. But uh, like with Stephen, man, I've always got great vibes from Stephen. I love Stephen, dude. That like, that is great. From the from day one, this school wouldn't be here. This school wouldn't be here without him. Yes. Like uh, like I, he's the one that he's the guy that told me to pull the trigger and like open a school. Right. And of everyone that wanted to pick you up, like we had a hurricane, actual category one hurricane come through Georgia, which doesn't happen. We get tropical storms because it downgrades by the time it gets us. This was still a hurricane when it hit us. He was the only one to like actually check on you on a personal level. Yeah, he called me. And not to mention, like, it took our sign down. It shut the power off for, like, a week and a half, two weeks. Like, um, luckily, mine didn't stay off for, like, two weeks, but the, the gym didn't, but yours. Mine did because I live in the country on a dirt road on the county line, and they work from in to out. Right. I'm always the last one to get power back. Yeah, and, <laughs> like, uh, there was there was people that uh, – there was people that were coming to the gym to use the showers and yeah. and other things. Like it was it was a little rough time or whatever. And he he was the one that was like, "How are you doing? Right. Is there anything I can do for you?" Uh, he was the one that motivated me. He was like, "I don't matter that you're white belt. You're really good. You have something to offer. Open a school if that's what you want to do." And he talked to me and encouraged me. And he was he's been there since the day one. Cam has been there since day one. Yeah. Um, Chase Rowden has been there since day one. And, like, well, um, with Tony, Tony was doing shady stuff, and he realized certain people that he needed to alienate from Frank's school to, uh, to position himself as the authority. And that, all that come out later, I just found out he actually killed himself in December. Yeah, you told me that. Yeah, I didn't which, know that, uh, which is, I feel bad. Like, I feel 
so like i'm not mad or whatever like i it's just it's like i feel like okay there was bad things like shady things you can't deny the fact that they happened or he did them but like it's over now like it, it's done like there's no need to run anybody down or anything like it's over now yeah and that's that's like what i was done. saying yeah so like uh i didn't even want to bring that up like oh right. uh, yeah. the the crazy craziness that he was doing that's and what it's saying. not my story to to bring up well that's what i was saying like people don't know the backstory when i said there's a lot of like just crazy yeah like so i mean it's not your fault lineage changed like this but we made the decision deciding factor like um we're, we're like, okay, we're not going to be American top team. I have not been promoted under 10th Planet or anything like that. Uh, I took a job working at 10th Planet Perry, and um, Steven was like, we'll pick you up. We'll, uh, if you want us to, you know, I'm like, man, I want, I want, I want him to be, to coach me. He's a lot closer. Uh, I've been, I felt a draw and a bond with Steven as a, as a friend and a coach and a mentor. Right. And see, that's where I am with you to where, like, even though I may not got great vibes from whoever our lineage was, whoever your coach was, you're my coach. And like, I got, like, we're, we're friends. So like, Robert, I like, okay, that's who we're under. Cool. You're my coach. So it didn't <laughs> change anything here. Right. None of it, except for financially. Right. Um, only one of them really changed anything at our school because in the end it was, it was my school and, um, it's crazy. Like I'm the most, one of the most loyal people on earth. I feel like I am on earth and then like craziness happened and yeah. now here we are. So I, I kind of wanted your thoughts on the outside looking in, and I, here I am running my damn mouth no. and talking well, about it. I think so. I voiced it. Let's say I didn't have the greatest vibes, but I think that was more like business-wise. Like the people, I don't have anything bad to say about them. Uh, I do. It, think, it was more of a business decision. It was business, and I felt like some of the business, like you were more like just money to them. Uh, but like say, that that's about it. Like I have nothing bad to say about the people, but like yeah, I, I still love all those guys. Yeah. Like uh, it's it's crazy how I feel about it. Um, personally, it's crazy how I feel because it's it's torn. Part of it is like this is my way of life. This is my business, and then part of it is like these guys are my family and my friends and. I train with them. I've, I've shed blood with them. And it's very hard to say, hey, this is what's best for my business. Right. And I feel like, okay, so you just saying that, like, I feel like the first affiliation and the affiliation now was like friend business. And then the second one in the middle was business friend. Yeah. That, that accurate? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Maybe. I guess it would be. Yeah. The, the one in the middle sucked. Not because of the people per se, but because of that there's just promises made that was not kept right on my end, and it it was at my expense, yeah, and it it just uh not a, like I said, not a poor mouth or bad mouth or nothing like that because like I said, I love those guys it's just right. um uh, it's kind of like saying, hey, um, 
I'm going to help you and I'm going to do all this nice stuff for you. And then all you got to do is uh, pay me $3,000 or pay me $6,000 pretty much. Pay me $6,000. If you pay me $3,000, I'll let you, uh, you know, I'll let you use my licensing. If you pay me $6,000, I will help you build your, I will help you do the work and build. What do you say? And then you paid me, and then you don't do anything until, uh, or I don't do anything until your payment fails. <laughs> right. And then I'm like, hey, man, what's up? Man, I've been needing to come down there. Uh, uh, you know, your payment failed. Yeah. And I, it, I felt some type of way. Right. And I, and you, I ain't you trying should, to, Then you should have. You should have. And I, like I said, I ain't trying to put nobody on blast about that because I do want to kind of like, defend myself when nobody's attacking me like directly but there's there's things it's like man this school don't yeah. know what they want to be like i've trained with all these guys for years like it's not like i just well, you're in that situation too like you said you train with all of them because your job called for traveling so you yeah like, i've trained school. with all of them so all of them. when you decide where what lineage you're going to alienate someone the ones that don't get mad they're like they're your friends dude and that was the that was so cool of, of Steven. Steven's like, I just want you to... He's like, I got you. Yeah. Like, if it don't work, I got you. Like, that's all he would say. He's like, dude, just stay the path regardless of what happens. Like, I got you. And that... That's why I'm drawn to him and that's why I, I don't have anything but good things to say. I don't have anything but good things to say about any of those guys except for... I didn't get the licensing and I didn't get, I didn't get added to the website like I was promised. Right. And then I have people that were like, oh, he's, he's lying about being a part of American Top Team. I literally had someone say I was lying about being a part of American Top Team. And I'm not saying someone, some people, it's like a whole group of people like, oh, he's lying. Like, first of all, why would I lie about something that silly? Second of all, it didn't help the school at all. It actually hurt it because I was paying for something that I wasn't receiving. So it was weird. It was a weird thing. And I just kind of wanted to put that out there. Like, I'm not, none of these people are mad at me. I'm not mad at none of these people. I'm just trying to do what's best for the school. And then right now I'm in a position to where I'm where I should, should have been the whole time. Yeah. Like, um, Steven is who, the person that set me on the path. He's the person that I was listening to way back when. He was the first. He was coaching the first gi class that I ever attended, and he's a 10th Planet No Gi guy now, which is crazy. Yeah. But, uh, like, he set me on this path, and we've never lost contact. Like, every single time something traumatic or dramatic or anything happened in either one of our lives, we was on the phone talking to one another. And see, I feel like we have that friendship now to where even, like, if something happened and I quit training next week, we will still be friends. Yeah. I'd probably still be driving to your house and hanging out on the weekend or whatever. You better not quit, though. I have no plans to quit. Yeah, I was just, no, don't even speak that into existence. (laughs) So, I wanted to put that out there. That was one of the things I wanted, like, I wanted to hear your thoughts on. Um, Anything else? I mean, you got a notepad. Yeah, I got it. I got it right in front of me. So the thoughts of switching to 10th Planet completely and making this school a 10th Planet school, what do you think about that? 
I find myself not wanting to train gi as much. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, like I like it. Like I said, I got I got great vibes from Stephen. I like Stephen, and I I do like training gi. I think there are benefits to it. Me too. But I like I, I like it. Like uh, there's some things in the template system I've always been curious about, and I've always fiddled with it. But now actually being aligned with him, like okay. And learning it. And learning, like, like, I'm getting to pick it up and yeah. then go back and, yeah. like, bring it back. And like Now I get the real shit. Yeah. I still believe the earth is round, though. It's not flat. Oh, you're not indoctrinated, man? What you not talking that, about? The no, earth is flat, homie. Earth get is on, Get on board with the <laughs> TP, baby. Yeah, there's some, some things I don't agree with, but, like, the actual system training and, like, Steven, man, I think it was great. Uh, Bro, I do think it's, look into it. <laughs> I do think it's weird when they get promoted. They have a belt in no gi. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, but like, like I said, uh, yeah, you're my coach. I roll with you. And that's who we're with. Hey, I, I like it. I do say one tradition I want to keep at our school. You get a new belt, you get a belt gauntlet. So like low key, like people need to keep their belts in their vehicle or in their locker <laughs> or something. <laughs> like, hey, we're <laughs> We're doing some promotions. I will just keep some belts in the back. Yeah. Like, <laughs> use all the loner belts like for the kids' class. So you yeah. have a real short one, so you just hit him with the, the end of it. And you can't tell Steven that, bro. He he's he he ain't gonna he ain't gonna be down with the with it. The belt gauntlet? He ain't down with it. Man. He thinks it's uh brutal. Bar- barbaric. Yeah, he's a I, he's a friggin' killer of a person, but he's such a softy. Yeah. It's like, oh we don't wanna do that. <laughs> That's from him living in California. Ah. <laughs> Got to get him back to these rough country ways. Yeah. See, the way I see it is, I don't know who it was. I I heard it somewhere, and I agree with it. It was me. Was it you? It was me. You I just, know exactly what you're talking about. Go, go ahead, then. What was I going to say? It's a rite of passage. Not just, okay. Not just that. What I was going to say was, you're right. It's a... <sighs> you earned it. You earned it. And people think, well, like, it is brutal. Like... Bill, just whipped across your back, hit your midsection, you're bleeding. It's <laughs> good God. <laughs> like not. We have seen it. <laughs> All but, right. But but it brings me to my point. It's okay? always the last person that smacks you. It is. Which is usually you. Yes. But no, no, it brings me to my point. That little short instance of pain is nothing to the blood, sweat, and tears you put in on the journey to get to that belt. Yep. So that was me. You you look forward to it. Like, I, I want my belt gauntlet. Yeah, you feel good about it. Yeah. I, want, I, I only got one more. I've got it every time I've been promoted. Every single time I've been promoted. And the black's supposed to be my last one. Yeah. So, even if uh, they do away with it, we'll do yours. All my belts. I still have, I'm just a blue belt. So, my next three, I want my belt gauntlet. Just saying. We'll hold tradition true for you, sir. Yes. And, um. And. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Dude, uh my my one thing that I um I'm really good in the gi. <laughs> so you can still compete in gi? Yeah, but if I'm not training in the gi, I won't be good in the gi anymore. But my thing is is like so uh, get some tenth planet gi patches. That's what I was fixing to joke about. You stole my thunder. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was like you stole I'm sorry. I was like I told Steven like, all right, bro, we're gonna do a self a self defense day one day a week in the gi, 
Yes. We'll just get some tenth planet gear patches. <laughs> did he say no? He did not. Well, good. Yeah, well, actually, what he said, he said, uh, and I'm not supposed to quote him on this because he's a tenth planet black belt. So, what he said was <laughs> looking directly at the camera. He believes everyone should earn a blue belt in a gi, up to a like no gi and gi. Yes, because addressing grips. Is a root a true self defense situation? Didn't he say like, man? I don't know what I was saying. Someone told me that shit, dude. I had a Ricky Bobby moment with him. You know, like, hell, I was high when I said that. You know, <laughs> like, um, this is a funny ass story, and we don't been on this podcast for two hours. Yes, but anyway, this is a funny story, real quick. I I was MMA fighter, been training uh, no gi for ten years. Like, no gi, all the way, because I was an MMA fighter. I was never going to wear a gi. Didn't give a shit about a belt. I just wanted to be a good MMA fighter. What are you doing on pajamas? Right. Like, I ain't wearing no damn gi. Like, you control me, and you're just trying to control me. <laughs> and that's what I said, man. Man, just trying to hold you down. Yeah, like, people just want to get the gi and make me feel trapped. <laughs> and you just, like, you, you need this to control me. If you without this, you can't beat me, you know, and that's how I felt about it. What are you joking about? People that aren't in the know? Like, that's what it feels like. You get someone and knows what they're doing with a gi, you're trapped. Yeah, 100% trapped. So, dude, I told, I went to, to class with Steven, and it was a MMA class that day and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So we did wrestling, we did striking, then we did jiu-jitsu because that was every day. Every day, every day, every day. That was every day. That was the normal you know, like wrestling, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, striking, jiu-jitsu, and they just change up the order. And they usually did jiu-jitsu last because it would last the longest, or they would do MMA last, depending on what day it was, because they would spar, and that would last the longest. Anyway, long story short, sitting there on the mat, I'm exhausted. Steven and I just rolled. Uh, I had been, I went to, I went to Valdosta a few times. Uh, this was like my fourth or fifth time there. And Steven, I guess, thought that I was serious about it because, of, like, I had venom and everything. And he said to me, you know, like, you need to travel. You need to, like, if you've been training as long as you have, said you have, like, which was true. My skill set didn't, didn't say that I'd been training that long because it, I wasn't at, like, top-tier schools. I was, when we lived in Georgia, you had to drive an hour and a half just to get with a blue belt. Yeah. That's how long ago it was. But uh, <clears throat> uh, I said, okay. And he was like, and you need to put on a gi. I said, what? It's like, gi's going to make you better. And I was like, I'm not wearing no damn gi. And he was like, you need to put on a gi. And I'm like, dude, I'm a Mayfighter. I don't need to put on no damn gi. And he was like, you need to wear a gi because right now you're depending on being slippery and moving and their lack of control to escape arm bars and triangles and camoras and stuff. Like you're relying on being able to slip out because you're hot, sweaty, whatever. You have less technique on your escapes. He said you need to train no gi to learn how to control someone without a gi on. Like, learn positions of control, like how to meet hook, how to, to do these other certain techniques to control someone without a gi. 
Because with a gear, you got handles everywhere to control yeah. somebody, to slow them down. So, so you need to do no gear to learn control. You need to do gear to learn escapes, to learn defense. And he told me that, and I've listened. I listened to everything he's told me. I started doing gear. Now, fast forward 10 years, nine years. Man, they only try, they only using the gi to control you. <laughs> I'm like, what? He's a tenth planet black belt. They do no gi all the way. I'm like, dude, you told me I needed to train in a gi. He was like, dude, I was just repeating what everybody else had told me. <laughs> like a parrot. I didn't know. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, I, I spent my whole life listening to you, man. Like I've been training the gi for... <laughs> For for ten years, can't think for yourself. And he, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, he just looked at me. He was like, I don't know what I was thinking. Like it was a Ricky Bobby moment. Like yeah, awesome. I based my whole life around that. He's like hell, I was high when I said that, Jimmy. <laughs> he didn't say that, but it was funny. It yeah. fits the moment. It was perfect. Like and I was just sitting there staring at him, like, like, <laughs> are you are you serious right now? But anyway, it was. It was nice, man. Uh, I'm, I we're still gonna do uh, certain things on certain days and stuff, but we are. I want to make. I want to make that transition to Tenth Planet, and I think yeah. that's what we're gonna do in the future. There's nothing set in stone. I know that we're training with Tenth Planet, and I'm coaching at Tenth Planet on Wednesdays. Yep. Tenth uh, Planet Perry. So I know we're probably gonna make that transition. So that's gonna be cool. It'll be great. Yeah. Anyway, last thing, and I'm done. Um, you were talking about your friends. All of them said the same thing. Then you were talking about uh, your weight loss journey, your jiu-jitsu journey, your weight training, Joy Thieves, thoughts on switching to 10th Planet. Um, you coach here at our school, and you, yeah. uh, you actually been coaching me in weight training did you ever think that that's something that you would be doing and with your life at all <laughs> uh fuck no <laughs> like no like no if you would have like told me three years ago two and a half years ago like no i never would have thought that so how cool is it to you thinking about it i think you just had a aha or a realization how cool is it to you that you are actually one of the head coaches at a mixed martial arts school, at a Brazilian jiu-jitsu <laughs> school I that see. was under the the under Matt Sarah American top team and a tenth planet. Like you are under a school that these or these big name places have like adopted and wanted us yeah. to be a part of them. Don't you put that on me, Ricky Bobby. What you mean? <laughs> Don't put that pressure on me. I just go with the flow. Like how cool it, is that, though? It's very cool. Like, it, it is very cool. Like, I'm uh, fishing for compliments. And no, I'm just saying, like, yeah. I want to know, like, you, did no. you, did you even, have you ever even thought of that? Like, holy no. shit, I no. coach. Like, I'm a head coach no. at one of these schools. No. You never even thought about it. I have not even thought about it. Uh, I actually had that moment earlier tonight when your friend came in and you wasn't here at the moment. Uh, and he's like, you, you're an instructor here? I'm like, I'm the kids coach. <laughs> and like I run I run the beginner class, you know, this is a beginner class. And he was looking around the map. 
like, yeah, anybody, like, plans to fight? I'm like, yeah, so-and-so does, and I don't know about these guys. There ain't no, besides me and them two, there ain't no one on the mat over 16. This beginner class, we got some teenagers that just made the jump up. And he looked around like, man, that kid looks 30. <laughs> he's 16. Man, that, he's 16. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, nah, he's 16. That one over there is 15. Like, no, nah, we, we got some killers. <laughs> like, that's why they're, they moved to adult class. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, no, I've never, like, actually sat down and thought about it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm a coach, and I never thought I'd be doing this. Like, Man. I always did it, like, part of my journey and bettering myself. And now I'm trying to spread the love, pay it forward, you know, help others. I think that's my calling. Uh, I think that yeah. was my uh, – But so, well, I was going to say, uh, you, said, you think it's your calling? I've always been someone to help people and instruct. Like the job I have now, I've trained other people. I've had three or four trainees that came through, and I was their trainer. And then also, like, uh, uh, when I had uh, like stepkids, I was married once, and – stepson was involved with scouts i was a scout leader i was a cub master so i've always been i guess i've been drawn to like leadership yeah so it wasn't that big a jump like when you asked me to help out with kids first off just to assist like assistant coach i wasn't worried about helping it was making sure i didn't tell them the wrong shit i have a confession to make it was just to get work off of you no <laughs> no uh but yeah so no no not at all so i i always tell everyone like if you come help kids you'll learn more yourself. Like, you will... Because you don't want to tell somebody something wrong. So you pay attention to the small details. Yeah, so you pay attention more to the things because you're going to be helping teach it. Yes. And originally, I told you that because I, I felt like it would build your confidence. And I told you that because I felt like you needed to become more open, more verbal... And I get me out of that shell. Yeah, and that's the sole reason I encourage you to start doing it because I seen the journey that you were taking, and me recognizing like you're you are. I could tell you were already drawn to the kids because of the way you interacted with the kids. Like, uh, like, hey, like you still stepped up and did things even before you started coming and helping with kids. And then I, I told you, like, hey, if you come to kids, you'll actually get in an extra little bit of training and you'll learn more, and I need the help. Yeah. So when you, you started, my goal was to get you to start being more verbal and start using your voice a little bit more. And now, like, seeing the person that you are three years later compared to who you was and, like, how you're coaching and stuff, to me, I'm proud of my my decision and like my like I'm proud of you because I feel like you're completely different. Not not in a not like your whole demeanor changed or whatever, but I feel like you're. I see a confidence in you now that uh, I see a confidence in you now when you speak and when you carry yourself that I don't even think you realize you have, and it's the same confidence that people see in me and they're like, this dude's cocky or this dude's arrogant. Like, I see it all the time. Are you calling me cocky? No, no, no. <laughs> no. It's, it's confidence. I see it in you. And that's what martial arts does for you. And then you 
coaching in the kids' class and completely taking it over. You've been, since we started back, you have been the sole kids' coach since we started back. And I don't even think you really realized you transitioned in that role completely until this week. Well, I think you, like, kind of, like, here you go, your kids' coach. Like, kind of just threw it on me. I'm like, oh, I, okay, I guess I am. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was kind of sneaky. Sneaky, sneaky. And dude, I love you, and <laughs> I, I wanted somebody that coached the way that I coach. Yeah, but I enjoy it. I do enjoy it. And it is a small detail because that was the only holdback because I've always, like, speaking, like, I help with the scouts, ex-stepson, and, like, my job I have, I speak to, like, upper management, higher-ups, like, important people. And I've always had to step up, you know, stand tall, speak, and everything, and I was just always worried about when I coach, telling them the wrong shit. Yeah. And I feel to this day, like, if someone asked me, like, some of the longer-term students that just ain't quite made the jump to, like, more of the advanced class or, like, the kids that are just in that weird age where they've been training three or four years but they're still in the kids' class, they'll ask me that one question. I'm like, yeah, that's a Coach Jimmy question. Let me get back to you. (laughs) Dude, I got a funny story uh, or funny saying, I guess. Nothing's wrong. There might be a better way, and they're like, I you, do not agree with that. When nah, it comes to jujitsu, there are some things you do not want to do. All right, so like one rule that we say all the time is like, don't go flat. There's one time you do. There's, a, I can think of one time that you need, you have to go flat. Yeah, I can think of one, like one time that you have to go flat. So if you told somebody to go flat here, it's probably it might not be wrong. It might, like for every situation and every so motion and whatever, there's always. There's always some time that you can do that. And then you got some athletic people that can do certain things that just work for them that shouldn't work. And I know a guy who always goes like completely bass backwards from what you should do and it works for him. And I'm like, how <laughs> did you just, how did you get out of the arm bar going that way? Like <laughs> you, you didn't hit shock. Like how did you, how did you walk around and like roll somebody up into like their whole body? Strange to say that. Uh, Corey put me in an armbar, but he put his leg, like, he went in straight across. He put it on the other side. And, like, the only – I couldn't go hitchhock. I had to go the other way to get out. And you got out. After he explained it. Because, naturally, your go-to is to hitchhike. Hitchhike. You messed up a long time ago getting there. You better hitchhike. Yeah. And after he caught me and tapped me, he goes, couldn't hitchhike, could you? No, I couldn't. And he explained. And he put me back in the same position and said, go the other way. What the hell are you talking about? You can't go the other way. And I came right out. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but that's my point. Yeah. Is like, what's wrong in this position may not be wrong in that. Whatever. Like, there's there's so many different ways to do things. Like, when I'm – and I'm noticing that the more I coach with Steven. Uh, he'll say something, and I'm like, huh? <laughs> like man that might work for you you 240 pounds just sit up into them yeah just like just move them back just just you just push them away <laughs> no i'm just kidding he ain't never said no shit like that. But, but you have heard that before oh i have i have but not from steven steven's yeah. technical as fuck but uh that's my point is like um there's things that some people can tell you to do and this is like this is what works for them right and so it's not wrong per se. And it, like I started out, you know what my biggest thing was? And I, I want the world, I want to put the camera on me. 
I want the world to understand this. My biggest thing is a fear of judgment from the people that were above me. Like, uh, when I went to open my school, right? When I went to open my school, I was worried about what Bobby Mitchell was going to say, what he thought, because I knew I wasn't on his level. I was wondering, I was worried about what Cole Miller was going to say about me running a school because I wasn't on his level. I was worried about what Steven was going to say because I, I wasn't on their level. Like, I worried so much about what they thought about me and what I was trying to do because there was no jujitsu here. Like, if you lived in Eastman, you had to drive an hour and 20 minutes, hour and 25 minutes, one direction to train jujitsu or, or MMA. Like, in one way, that means you're going to waste three hours of your life just to go train for one hour. So you got three hours of drive time, right. then one hour of work. So that's four hours of your life that I had to make just to be able to train consistently. And I had to do it every day or weekly, like three times a week, four times a week. Like, and I had to support my family because I had, I had kids and stuff, you know? Yeah. So when I opened this school because I wanted to train more consistently and practice the stuff that I did, I didn't even open to the public for the first year. I just opened the school and trained with a, a small group of guys and stuff and didn't really charge a whole lot. And we were just trying to keep this place open, like to, to pay the rent and stuff. Yeah. Because I was so worried about what they thought of me or what they thought about what I was doing or like they didn't think I was like I didn't think I was good enough to be coaching or doing the things that they were doing. And um like I I worried about their judgment. I worried about people saying, Oh well, who is he to coach or who is he to do what what they're doing? Because I I would have thought the same thing if I knew some people that were trying to open a school and I felt like I was better than them or, or whatever. Like I, And it was, I had to get over that. And it wasn't until the second year the school was actually open to the public that I started advertising because I was scared. Like I was still scared of like disappointing Bubby or disappointing Cole or Cam or or Steven, or, like, I was scared of, like, them disagreeing with something that I was doing or them being, like, well, he's challenging us or not challenging them, but, like, I was scared that they would um, think I was trying to say, like, in my advertisements, like, I was better than them or, and I've never said anything even remotely close. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I was scared of their judgment and it was because i put them on a pedestal i put those guys on a pedestal over me and i i, I really lacked confidence in being on that level to be able to become a coach i didn't know like i felt like i was a really good coach i still feel like i'm a really good coach yes like i feel like i'm i feel like i'm a a really good, I, like, I feel like this is my calling. And it took me a little while to make that jump, even after the school was open, to be able to openly say, like, I'm really good at this. I'm capable of doing this. Because I, I was scared of what my peers 
uh, or my coaches would, or the people that coach me would say. Right. And it's crazy. Like, one day I, I just said, fuck it. And I started doing live videos and I started posting stuff and I started saying, hey, I'm an expert in this. And, like, I'm really good at this and I have a lot to offer. And then I started getting more respect from the community. And then people started traveling to come train with me. And now I got a group of people like that travel an hour and 30 minutes to come train with me regularly. Yes. And um, I got people that are, that travel an hour, like one way to train with us. And like now our school is like growing and um, we're, we're really successful. And even through COVID, we made it, this school in Eastman made it and we're rebuilding and, and still being successful. Yep. And it was because one day I just said, fuck it. Like, I love those guys, but I can't let the fear of their judgment stop me from doing what I want to do. So that would be my message to everyone out there is, like, people are going to talk. Some people are going to be on your team. Some people are going to be against you. And uh, you can't let that stop you from trying to do what you want to do or trying to uh, accomplish your goals because that fear, uh, for me, it was – like uh paralyzing i did not pull the trigger i never even posted one single thing promoting my school for the first two years like you can go back and look i did not promote my school the first two years and it was because i was scared of being judged about what i was doing or being wrong or whatever according to their opinion and, and that's what got me on that rant was you were saying I was scared of being wrong. I was scared of being yes. wrong. Like, nah, dude. Like, you are pretty confident you do things. You move a certain way and you do certain things for a reason. Yeah. Is it always right? No. But it works for what position and what skill set that you're at. And that's not wrong. Like, is there a better way? Maybe. And it's up to you to keep growing and keep fine-tuning those small details and those small details will come the more you train the more you'll pick up small details and talking about the small details one thing i do like about coaching and being here like i have like given the knowledge i have is nowhere compared to you and like what else i have left to learn like this one it's a never-ending journey like it really is yeah 100 percent. so but being in beginner class and still being fresh into it, when someone asks for my help, it's cool to already have an idea like I bet I know what they're doing wrong. Like like already knowing like I know where they're messing up. Not even seeing them do it yet, but you know because I know because I've been there. And it hadn't been that long ago. And I'm like, I, I bet I know what they're doing wrong. And they'll go over there and like, yep, yeah, easy fix. This is what you got to do. Yeah. Like that, I think that's one of the coolest feelings, <laughs> dude. I love, I love going uh, teaching a move, and then going like every one of you guys are gonna fuck this up right here. Yes, <laughs> like every one of you guys, let's pay attention because this is where you're gonna fuck up, yeah. and and, and, I, and you're still gonna fuck it up, every one of you. But this is where you're gonna do it. And I call y'all sometimes, like even me, like, am I going to? And then you do. <laughs> Not always. <laughs> Not a, nah. You got once you get to a certain level, obviously. Yeah. 
But I'll go. But we have fun. Yeah, and I'm like, even me? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's it. That's the that's the key is like I'll go. Right here is where you're gonna mess up. Yeah. And when you do it live, it's gonna be even that worse. And uh Yes. But it but that's that's what's so cool about it is that it uh it legitimately is uh mostly the same mistakes. It Most is. of the time, like you're not shifting your hips out. Yes. Dude. Uh, I hope Steven don't watch this podcast. <laughs> I hope he don't watch this podcast because I'm fixing to say something and he I don't even think he realizes it or he knows. So he lets me coach at his school in Perry on uh, Wednesdays. Yes. And uh, <clears throat> we were, I, I taught spider web entry, mm-hmm. um, like dropping the shin, rolling them over yeah. to spider web from turtle position. On the back with hooks, right? Yes. I taught an arm crush, and uh, Stephen's like, "Yeah, they, my my students will love that uh, because that's not something I do." Because I and he tried to do it, and he was like, "My legs and stuff, like I'm not flexible in that manner." And I was like, "Cool." I deliberately did not try to tell him like just shift your hips away because i don't ever want to come across as like i know yeah and i don't want that dude knows more now like he's forgot more I was than gonna i say, know he's forgot more than you yeah he's forgot more than i know that's why i said i hope he don't watch this because i was i was looking at it and it's one of those things like yes. i bet i know what he's doing wrong right right so when i coached it in class i was like every one of you guys are going to do this Yes. And look, my legs don't bend this way. But if you just shift your hips this way, your legs like. Did you look at him when you said that? Kind of I, glanced? I glanced. But I didn't let him know, like, this is for you. And uh, then he walked around and he started coaching guys. And uh, did it. And before class, he told me, he, he was like, I don't really do this move because it's, it's difficult because I'm a bigger guy. Right. But that little hip shift, it allowed him to do it. And I didn't know. That's the, that's one reason I wasn't confident enough to coach him. Right. I wasn't confident enough to say, yeah, you can. You're pretty sure that's what it was, but you wasn't. Right. And I did not. Like, I love Steven. I never want to offend him. And uh, I wasn't confident enough to say, I think if you just shift your hips, you can do it. Yeah. So, But when I taught it. I was in the position and I felt it and I was sitting there and I was like, yeah, most of you guys are going to make this mistake. And I glanced and then went and then he sat down to coach to help me with another guy. And I looked over there and he did it. And I was like, yeah, he can do it. He stood up while everybody was drilling and he bumped me and he went, you just helped me. It's the best feeling in the world. That's awesome. He was like, that's what I'm talking about, dude. It's always the small things. But that was the best feeling in the world to me. He might as well told me I just won a million dollars. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. he, Because him, like I look up to him so much. And for him to say that I just helped his jiu-jitsu, I'm like, yeah. And I, I'm not like, man, that dude, like I said, he forgot more than I'll ever know. I'm not like, oh, I'm over there coaching Steven. That's not it at all. Yeah. It's just one of those weird moves like the the way that you do it. I did that with a. Uh, 
it was um like an inverted triangle. I'm like, because you shift differently. Like, your pressure's different. Yeah. But someone said, yeah, I just use it for control. And I'm like, you could finish that. Like, you, you skip this way. And was they, it Troy? Uh. I, and I'm not, I'm, I, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. I, I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm just like, what, like you can like, do this. And I'm like, I felt good. Like, dang. Because I think they're, I know what level they are. I'm like, they're really good. I'm like, dang. Yeah. Feel good. But I was going to say, too, uh, talking about, like, you're going to fuck up here. And then, like, in class, when you're coaching, you're like, all right, everybody circle up. You're all doing the same thing. I try to pick my moments because I do, in class, like, I said, we're friends. Two best friends. And, but in class, you're still the coach. So I try to show you that respect. So I gauge when I can play around in class, depending on your mood and, like, how the vibe is, you know? Yeah. So sometimes when you say that, like if it's a lighter mood, like I have called you out in class, like, I didn't do that. <laughs> what are you talking about? You like you know like, you remember this? Yeah. Like, you're like, you all doing it. I'm like, I didn't do that. What are you talking about? And the thing is, is I'm like, yeah, you did. You, even if you didn't, you did it. I'm like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Like, yeah, like, you, you didn't, but you did. Yeah, <laughs> no. I'm like, all of you are doing the same mistake. Well, the ones that are making the mistake, <laughs> it's the same one. I know, how about that? Is that better for you, Bam Bam? Is that better? That's one of them deals. I depend on how the class is going and the vibe and stuff, because you still deserve that level of respect. Even yeah. though like we became great friends in class, you deserve that respect. You know, dude. And the thing is, is like we're not hard asses in there. Yeah, like, uh, right. dude. I wanted to be playful. I want right. us to get along. I want everybody to have fun. I want people right. to come here and enjoy it. I don't demand this. Like, oh, right. you're gonna bow to me and you're gonna say yes, sir. And I don't like all that. But I think there is a I time, never have. a time and place. Like, right. You, like, but if I'm trying to teach and run, like we had that problem in the past with people that were my friends. Right. Like building the culture of disrespect. Yeah. And. I don't demand respect, but I, I feel like there's a certain level that you should give. And like, yes. don't show up after the warm ups, after everybody's tired and just want to roll, unless it's like work or something. And like, you have a, a valid excuse. But just showing, like, getting there on time and deliberately not doing warm ups and then like ignoring what's been, like, you can't have that in your school. You can't, like, you need everybody drilling and working. You need everybody working towards its common goal. And I think that was a part of what another thing that took me two years to fix is knowing like, okay, this don't work. Everybody's kind of doing their own thing. We need to take control and have that level of respect. Anyway. Yeah, we keep a – I think you've tried to close us out a couple of times, but we keep nah, – I mean, Dude, hey, here's the thing. Uh, Bam Bam, one thing that you would tell somebody um, – one thing that you would tell somebody that – Say it that says they want to lose weight, like one thing about the weight loss because that's what this was supposed to be about. And I just yeah. talked too fucking much, but no, we got across. Yeah, what's one thing that you think that someone that wants to lose weight or get in shape or even get started in MMA, like one thing that that goes across all of those that that you would share with somebody or that you think so, they should. Uh, no. Two things. I got to go. has to be two because two come to mind immediately. One is you got to take that first step. You have to get started. Like, it's okay. Like, you can talk about it all day long. 
It's a, it's a mindset. You have to take that first step and just get started. The second thing is you're going to have hard days. I still have horrible days, hard days. You, it's going to be – you're going to have tough times. I still have hard days. Yeah, like you're – like it's not easy. Like there's no secret recipe. There's no special pill. Like it's not easy. You're going to have rough times. But the end goal, the end reward is worth it. So just keep at it. All right, so I'm going to take that a step further. He means mindset and consistency. Yes. Mindset, make your mind up. Make your mind up what it is you want. Set a goal. Set goals, not a goal, but goals for a lifetime. Yes. For 10 years from now, five years from now, four years from now, 30 years from now. Make your mind up. So mindset, make your mind up. And then consistency, even on the days you don't feel like it, yes. do it anyway. Yes. And even adding on, like we say one thing, but we add on. Not everyone needs this, but it helps, and some people do need it. If you have, can get a support system. And that's why Tech Center is so awesome. Yes. Like everybody here is like-minded, and we, are, we all have different goals. We're a family. Like, and I tell people that, like it, when coaching kids class, like, guys, we train together, don't hurt your training partner. We're a family. Like, you're doing something most of the majority of the population doesn't even try. We are a family in here helping each other grow. Yeah. And I, I think that's why our school is so successful because we got that family feeling. Anyway, uh, that's Tech Talk. Guys, um, we're Tech Center, Mixed Martial Arts, Eastman, Georgia, 5110 Second Avenue. We're here. We're training every day, Monday through Friday. If you're interested, reach out to us. Find us on Facebook at Tech Center, uh, T-E-C-T Center, C-E-N-T-E-R. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat. Um, this is Tech Talk. We're on YouTube. You can find us there. You can find all these episodes uploaded to YouTube. We're also in the process of uploading to Spotify. And again, it'll be Tech Talk with Jimmy Barnett as the host. Um, guys, we're, we're trying to grow this brand and um, trying to get people in here uh, to be a part of our family. It's an amazing atmosphere. And right now is the time to do it. We're rebuilding after COVID, so there's a lot of people that are just starting out that are in the beginner class that that uh, will help motivate you and keep you on the path to fitness, on a path to self-defense, on a path to being a competitor. The, we, we address all of those things when you sign up, put you in a program that you need to be in, and set you to the path that you tell us you want. So yeah. that's Tech Talk. That's Bam Bam Lee. Jimmy Barnett, man, you guys have a beautiful, blessed day. Sorry about uh, keeping y'all here for three hours hearing us ramble, but I hope you enjoy it.